yeah, you can introduce us. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Hello, family and friends. Welcome to another Talks with Lim Lee. I'm your host. I'm Lim. This podcast is available to the billions of people around the world on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, CastBox, Podchaser, and many more. Just search Talks with Lim Lee. Today, my sidekick is... Woohoo! Sorry, I got excited. <laughs> Hi, I'm Emmett Morgan. I'm a realtor in Las Vegas. Um, I'm feeling good today. We, we have a cage match set up with the plastics industry. We've brought in two of their strongest competitors. We've got, we've got Mercedes and Lindsay coming in from the society of plastic engineers, uh, representing in some way, uh, Mercedes, can you explain this to us better? Cause we don't know plastic very well. We don't understand in this corner. No, um, <laughs> yes. so um, my name is Mercedes Landazri. I am a technology director at Peacock Colors uh, in the suburbs of Chicago, and my counterpart is... I am Lindsay Neville, and I am an upstream quote engineer for Cytiva uh, here in, well, I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania, but I work remotely because hashtag pandemic. And with our powers combined, we are Plastics. Plastics. The voices of resin. That's us. You guys have a, you're, but you're also you're also a bigger deal. You're you're um, vice president of membership engagement. Vice president membership engagement for the executive board for the Society of Plastics Engineers, and a board member for injection molding division, Northwest Pennsylvania, um, and no longer a secretary for the foundation. <laughs> oh really? Oh maybe I should maybe I should step up then. So I'm I'm counselor for color and appearance division and uh, immediate past chair. Passed that on uh, at the beginning of, of July uh, of uh, recycling division. Um, I'm and then let me throw in another organization. Uh, I I'm a, a very involved member of uh, Color Marketing Group, which is the premier um, color forecasting association um, that uh, that forecasts the trends globally. Um, Oh, uh, you know, Leatrice, Leatrice, executive director right. of the Institute has like complimented me on my presentation and stuff like that. So like, yeah, no big deal. Impressive. And, and we have a podcast. Yeah. Plastic and is a podcast. podcast. And yeah. if you want to find us, uh, we're on Twitter at, at Plastics, uh, no I in between the T and C people get a P. Oh, okay. oh, now like Lindsay, your cheerleading skills. <laughs> P, give me a P. No, P-L-A-S-T-C-H-I-C-K-S. <laughs> Plastic. And you can follow us on Instagram, um, and then you know, podcasty yeah. places wherever wherever you get your podcasts, or you can just go to 4spe.org/podcasts. Oh. All right, the only ones. So that's that's our intro, Lem. We're, we yeah, we're we're super, and all, and we're super happy and, and grateful to be here, and, we and uh, we're really looking forward to this. Oh, thank you. You guys were a pleasure to talk with. Over the last three hours, we talked about plastics. Why, uh, where, why there's a stigma in plastic, how people should fix that stigma. Um, we talk about how maybe governments and or not quite governments or systematic ways to fix the stigma on mm. plastics and or to make plastics even better for people. Uh, we talk about, which I actually think I wish we would have dived, if I wish we would have had more time to dive into is you guys' views on being women in a male dominant uh, industry. That was something we did touch on that. We did. We, touch yeah, on we that. did touch oh, on it, but, but we I, could always bring Laura on for a 
Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> For more gasoline on the fire. And then uh, we talk about uh, vibrators, dildos, um, oh. the plastic tampons? behind it. Tamp- tampons, tampons, yes. Yep. And uh, so. How most of those things are designed by men. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Made for women. Made for women. Yeah. Stay tuned for the the rest of the podcast, people. Thank you. This is a portion of the full podcast. Be sure to check out the rest on Plastics. Plastics can be found on YouTube and on www.4spe.org forward slash podcasts. I really like the question that uh, it down. Um, <laughs> it was it was cut them off. What what of each other? What do you guys appreciate and or admire in the um, professional career, and what you guys have accomplished of each other, Mercedes and Lindsay? Nothing. Are we starting now? <laughs> are, we, are we starting now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're just, just rolling right in. Yeah. We're, we're meeting you. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I love about Mercedes that like she came from a totally different background and just like, this is going to sound aggressive, but forced her way into this industry and then forced herself to be like a, a powerhouse. Like people respect her opinion. People, you know, look to her. I look to her opinion all the time. And like, I don't like a lot of people or a lot of people. <laughs> and, you know, like, and when I when I ask her a question, especially like with regards to color, I'm not asking her as a friend. I'm asking her as like a professional consultant. I have on um, speed dial that I talk to with uh, GIFs instead of regular forms of communication. Mm. And, um, and, for, and for those of you listening at home or in the car, wherever you're listening, um, GIFs or GIFs. <laughs> yes. I, Lindsay, I know i know you, you Lindsay's using the correct pronunciation but a lot of people mispronounce it so i'm going by the books engineer i'm not going to deviate yeah. <laughs> there we have at least four listeners in helicopters right <laughs> oh wow um, i think at that point it's pronounced yikes <laughs> that's how rich you are <laughs> yeah um and i just i and then you know when it comes to like our our podcasting she's the absolute perfect partner because I, yeah, I consider myself a little bit of an extrovert in, in terms of engineer, I'm a total extrovert, oh, yeah. but, um, but I, I, I am more introverted and I always tell Mercedes, especially when I'm not like hundred percent. Um, if I know the guest, it's one thing, but if, you know, if I don't know the guest, I'm like, Mercedes, I'm going to lean on you hard for this one today because she just, she yeah. can carry a conversation. She can easily navigate an interview. Um, I just add snipey little comments and like really it works. Is, it's perfect. Mercedes <laughs> and her sidekick Lindsay when it comes to interviewing. <laughs> not true. Not true. But, but thank you. But um, what I admire most about Lindsay and what I feel like. So so Lindsay and I have we, maybe we should tell the whole story, but we can say that later. But yeah, we can say no, that. Tell the whole but, story. Um, <laughs> tell us the story. But, but I want to answer the question first, okay. <laughs> just because like, that's like, what, like having like formerly been in sales, it's like, okay, I need to answer this person's question. Okay. I can't like do a big story. I need to say like, a yes or no. so, so, so what I, what I, um, love most about Lindsay and admire most and, um, and what helped me get to where I am is, um, and is just how authentic she was. Um, 
we we didn't now we met pre-covid but ironically we met on a conference call mm. um and um and 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 met you know worked together on a project on a conference call no video just audio for um almost no probably eight months six months something like that oh wow and uh and it just immediately it was like it was a different voice it was um she didn't sound like anybody else that i had encountered in the industry um and it was just so authentic and um Listen, she wasn't swearing on the calls. She's been, she, but, but, yeah. I pause internally for the swears. But it was, I mean, she was just so, so real. And I felt like, you know, as, as Lindsay mentioned, I, I came from a completely different industry. Um, I started volunteering immediately in the association, the uh, industry association, association that we met in. Um, and I felt like I needed to, like, and I, I didn't, I didn't know that I was feeling this, but I needed to put on, I needed to be like an engineer or I needed to be ah. a STEM minded person, which is not who I am. And, um, and I just, I, and it was so far away from, from me and most of the members of my family, like, and, uh, and Lindsay was just so, um, well, so similar to me that, and it was the part of me that I wasn't showing. Right. Ah. And I felt like, I was like, Oh, well, she's, wait, she's a badass. She's, she's amazing. And like, um, and, and she made me feel comfortable, um, but also extremely uncomfortable because she was better at everything than I was <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was already being herself. And I was like, how do I get to that point? And, and I just immediately fell in love with her. Like we, we, we started like Google stalking each other. Like, um, <laughs> who is this other person? <laughs> now we're, now we're actually getting into the story. So now that I've answered the question. So, um, so yeah, this is we, like couples therapy. <laughs> I, I thought we were coming in for like some plastic talk, but we'll get there. I love it. So, so I, I, um, I, I came into the industry about five years ago, and um, I mean, I, I, I literally did not take a single STEM class um, in college, gotcha. not a single one. What were your grades in college? What's this that? Is, what were your What were your grades in college? We did, we didn't have them. Well. Technically, we did because okay. <laughs> I went I went to Sarah Lawrence College, and uh, and you don't actually get grades; you get like a, a written you get a smiley like, face feedback from your no <laughs> no you get a detailed written report from your professor because oh. I mean it, it's I mean back when I was going there it was like six six students per professor there wow and um, yeah and and uh, and I loved it it's um, but we didn't. We, you did actually get grades, but you didn't know them. You had to go to the registrar like between some like weird hours and like like what one or two that? days a week. So I only found <laughs> out my grades um, when I was applying for grad school, and I was like, oh wow, I got straight A's like my senior year. That's like wow. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm in engineering, and they're like, here's your rank. If you want to do better, improve your numbers. If you want, <laughs> it is all formula based. It is all number based. Yeah. Did, did you have to beat out uh, Chinese and Indian dudes in the engineering I field? Is that didn't. the Well, we were engineering technology and there was like 30 some of us. Yeah. So it was a smaller, it's a smaller group and like plastics isn't as. Well, but Lowell, Lowell is probably more diverse. Lowell does sense. because it's yeah. plastics engineering. Plastics engineering technology attracts a smaller group because you are limited by like sometimes which companies or which grad schools will take you. Ah. Um, but 
the plastics engineering technology is more of a hands-on approach. So not as many people realize that. And if you look just at like, you know, if you're looking plastics engineering, plastics engineering technology, people tend to drift towards, especially academic students. Yeah. Plastics engineering technology gets all the dummies. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, get, you get more of the academic students in the engineering because you can, you can go to NASA. You can go. Uh, honestly, the only reason I've ever really heard is grad schools in NASA. I didn't gotcha. think NASA would be accepting me. And I would like to say uh, one of the kids in my class um, actually does work for NASA um, designing metallic polymers for their Mars missions. Oh, oh I should talk to that person, actually. I'll let you video on <laughs> you know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. I know a guy at NASA. It's fine. Wait, so then is, is there some uh, some giant population of engineers that are trying to get into NASA and then don't? And so like one out of 30 or something or one out of 100 people get into NASA, but that's what everybody's shooting for? Is there a weird uh, game that way? I mean, I'm sure people are trying for it, but I think like I never intended to go into engineering, so I really don't know. Mm-hmm. If there are a bunch of nerds trying to get into NASA. What do you mean you never intended to go into engineering? That was like your whole dream was plastics engineer. No. <laughs> I thought this was a PE class. You. <laughs> Sign up for volleyball. <laughs> Next thing you know, calculus. <laughs> Lindsay, I feel like you've told your story before and you said like you always knew you wanted to be a plastics engineer. No. <laughs> Since you were eight, no, you've literally said that. Like you, no, I knew it. I knew it in as of the end of high school. I knew it like going into college. Ah, okay. That's where I knew it. But my intention prior to my senior year was uh, not. I was going to be history or um, musician. But then I was a cheerleader, and I had you know the old cheerleading accident. And um, I had Pregnancy? a couple of surgeries on my wrist. Oh, oh, sorry. And so I couldn't. You're clapping too, too aggressively here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The clapping and the nodding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I was doing a basket toss where you toss a girl up in the air. And uh, on the way up, I felt something up. Uh, and so a couple of surgeries later, I can't play as long, which wouldn't be conducive to being a professional musician. Um, so I thought about history, but then I stumbled into, I had taken like a, my high school somehow had like a really small tabletop injection molding machine. And I was like, oh. do anything with that. And I want, uh, I want one. I want one for like right? the house. Oh, it was so house. Yeah. And we made little, um, we made little screwdrivers, but you actually had to hold the insert in. So, um, and I like kind of like stumbled back on that and I was like, I wonder if we could do something. And um, I took this like, I think it was like fast web or something like that. And it was like plastics engineering. And I was like, oh, that's, that's real. And I realized it was um, just down in Erie and I was living just south of Buffalo. And I'm like, well, that's not too far away. And that's uh, what I was going to ask. Was your original dream to be a cheerleader for um, the Buffalo Bills? Is that what they're called? Uh, yes. They're actually called the Buffalo Jills. <laughs> <laughs> the cheerleaders are called the Jills? <laughs> they are. Yeah, in Buffalo. I didn't think that I would uh, I would be 
in that ballpark. So, and they're more like dancers. That's usually where they, their history comes from. And I am not a dancer. I mean, I've tried, I've tried to do it like a dance off with you and you just mm-hmm. like, yeah, she doesn't. I go straight to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Which works for me too. Which, I like, I like to competitively drink with you. That's where my best moves are. <laughs> yeah. But cheerleading is weird because you can go into college and be a cheerleader and go to competitive cheerleading, like nationwide competitions. Right. And oh then, yeah. But does anything happen after that or can you get a scholarship on cheerleading or you can get a scholarship because, um, they can get really competitive. What was the show on Netflix? I think it was called Cheer. Okay. It was about like some Texas school. I don't know. I watched it at the beginning of the pandemic. My yeah. memories are all just blocked from back then. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they're like super intense, but like you've got to be able to do like the gymnastics aspect of it. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's a whole thing. And I mean, in college, do I really want to be getting up and like, exercising or do I want to be hung over and taking dinner? <laughs> no, but what I mean is like that the culmination of that is like national champ, right? And then there's no career or anything you can go to after that? Yeah, I think that's I mean, I think at that point you can like you can go to the NFL, but like even that. I've heard it doesn't pay well. It doesn't some you don't get paid at all. Yeah. And I mean you're kind of like um you're kind of aging yourself out if you go to school first. <laughs> oh, wow. They don't really, you know, if you're like 27, they're like, you old bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Should be dancing around like this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, it's just weird to me. That and lacrosse. Like, where do they go? <laughs> where, yeah, where? Well, you know, my my, uh, my cousins, uh, so one of my favorite um, uh, in-laws, uh, my cousin Sylvia's uh husband was like a big time lacrosse player and he does video editing there, I think. Yeah. So that's so lacrosse career. Just pandemic. natural. I think it was more it's more about yeah. networking, right? So I know all these lacrosse dudes is the goal. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's a goal. It's like it's more of a passion, right? Yeah. So so my my girlfriend Sarah, she um she actually I, I did I tell you this? I think I should, when I when I first told you about her Lindsay, I think I probably sent you a picture of like she was she was a figure skater all through um mm. like grade school and high oh. school. No, and I did not know this about did you not, Oh my god. No, no, no. This is amazing. I'm surprised that I didn't tell you. It was well, she also probably wouldn't appreciate that I'm telling this story and I'll share the picture with you later. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she but she um so like out of uh college, I think, like she got a job like as um uh, it was called the Ice Crew, but the second it's which is like for the Chicago Blackhawks kind of cheerleader but also like when they you do did, like you I did just tell you, yeah they like they yeah. like brush the like ice away when they do that hockey stop and stuff yeah <laughs> sound effects and um uh but the second year they did it they were sponsored by captain morgan and they were the spice crew mm. <laughs> i love that so much i mean that's more fun than an accounting job in a cubicle i guess that's what i mean that's what she does now not really she's in finance she's a finance manager <laughs> <laughs> she, in a, in a she's I mean, she's never gonna watch this she's never gonna see it she's she's not that fun she's very <laughs> she's very supportive but also very busy <laughs> also i'm not gonna be sure like i've i said too much i've said too much <laughs> post it wherever you want just like really? it, like video edit it right here boom Spice really even if she wanted to be supportive she will never know we did this recording ever no, the, the show could her. blow never up. <laughs> it will. I'm, I'm, you'll, I'm have, you'll have to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
bloopers. Just put on the bloopers. <laughs> I'm going to ask him. Oh. oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I, I, we got, of course, and I love it on this tangent, but I wanted to say like how Lindsay and I met. So okay. on a conference like call? a deeper, a deeper story. Yes. But so, so, you know, I had come in the industry from, I worked in academia. So academia is, you know, dominated by women for the most, at least, you know, okay. That's a different story, <laughs> but, um, are you being sarcastic or serious? Well, I'm rethinking it. What I just said. Okay. <laughs> so, um, a lot of most, most teachers, right. And instructors are, are female. Um, okay. and, um, in the United States. And, um, so I was used to being surrounded by, by women and then coming into this industry. Um, I knew, okay, it's going to be, well, well, it's dude. the opposite. And, um, and so, uh, a month after I started in the industry, our technical director had, um, uh, had already registered for Antec, the annual technical conference, um, for society of plastics engineers. And, uh, it was in Indianapolis, which is just a few hours drive from Chicago. And my boss and, and our technical director couldn't go. He had something come up. Yeah. So it was like, okay, um, Mercedes, why don't you go and be Mir Ali for, <laughs> for a few days and, um, just go meet people and just, you know, see what it's all about. So I was like, literally and, and again i didn't take a, a day of, of math or science no stem nothing in college um and uh and i show up and 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 uh i'm gonna get way off topic and anyway i, I realized very quickly <laughs> i was only in indianapolis for like a night and i know we did not meet there <laughs> we didn't meet there no but but i realized then it was like okay there are no women and, and but i also was like oh i do have value people are interested in, in talking to me and I, I can carry on a conversation. I can explain what I do. Um, Wait, and I so met did, my goals. Did a bunch from, of plastic engineers try to hit on you? Was that the, was that? Not that I know about, but that's another, we can address that later. Okay. I'm just imagining in a conference room full of a thousand dudes or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it's like. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I, I met some great, I mean, gosh, I met Kate Pellet that first day. I met, uh, yeah, I met, um, I met lots of good people that Vicky, Vicky Flaris. I met the first day, Donna Davis. I met the first day. These are people who you guys don't know. But, I mean, Donna Davis is one of, um, well, the fourth woman is about to be inducted into the into the um, plastics uh, hall of fame. But Donna Davis, when I met her, she was not in the plastics hall of fame. Now she, she was inducted a few years ago. Um, <laughs> where where so, is the plastics hall of fame located? Um, in our hearts and our minds. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, you say the same thing, Lindsay. <laughs> I think there's there's an actual. There's a room in the back of some factory. Maybe maybe I don't know. Well, maybe they maybe they have actually a. Um, I want to say like either Syracuse or UMass Lowell holds something. Well, because we know they the. Uh, we I know feel the, like it's well, Syracuse holds all the stuff for the plastics pioneers, right? Yeah. Yeah. We know the baseball hall of fame is in a very small town right which which is where oh fun fact uh, uh williamsburg uh pennsylvania right what i thought it was in cooperstown, cooperstown. Cooper. oh i'm sorry i was thinking the little league um world series <laughs> i thought you were a super baseball fan because you had a third favorite I am, team i am but i was completely sidetracked <laughs> yeah i don't have a third favorite anything <laughs> right <laughs> um so so anyway uh, after getting involved so i was like oh i need to get involved in society of plastics engineers because i went to this conference and i met the person that i absolutely needed to meet we were seated at the table together yeah and he was like oh you he's like apex colors are you my 
because my boss said, okay, just the one goal you have, just find out who's the president of Holland Colors, or who's running Holland Colors right now. Yeah. So I meet him, he was, he was you know, the pres- president of that company at the time for the Americas. And um, I meet him in this, this like intro, first timer session, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, he's Colombian, I'm half Ecuadorian. And, and so we bonded over that. And then like, later on, we're all sitting at the table together for dinner and we're all mm. going around introducing ourselves. And, and he's like, so I'm, I'm Jaime Gomez. I'm the president of uh, Holland Colors for the Americas. And I was like, oh, this is specifically, I just had to find out my one goal for my boss was like, yeah. find out who is running the company. And here I am sitting at the table with this guy and we've already like semi-bonded. Score. Um, and yeah, and so it was like, I was sold on SPE at that point. And, uh, and I was like, I'm gonna dive in full force. Like you said, Lindsay, like not trying to steamroll anything, but just like, I know the more I put in to something, the more I'm gonna get back out of it. And now coming from, uh, you know, academia where, I was always surrounded by women. I was like, oh, okay, so this is like a lot of men. And uh, and I went to uh, Pack Expo and there was a women's event and I was like, hey, we should do something like this in Society of Plastics Engineers. Mm. And, I, and I said that uh, to the managing director of uh, SP at the time and he said, yeah, I think that's a great idea and I want you to run it. You be the face of it. I was like, mm, I've been in the industry <laughs> like three, four months. Like, you know. Oh, we need um, uh, but, but so, and then, you know, with the support of, of the society, like they, you know, um, helped me out and, and it was like, put out like a, a call to action to our members. Anybody wants to get involved in this. And so Lindsay stepped up. So that's how we met on that conference call. And I don't remember saying, yes, I will help. Or they like, just, they were just <laughs> like, I ended up on the call. So I don't know how that happened. I don't remember if I said yes. It was just <laughs> like an email. You probably just clicked like, you know. And I, but uh, so so we were planning this 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 uh, event together uh, just over the phone, no no video, uh, but we were Google stalking each other at the time and and uh, wait so this is a, you want to tell the, this is a support women in plastics. It was yeah so the or? idea was yeah it was a, it was a women's networking breakfast and the way okay. that we'd structured it was like um, like have like a little a little bit of breakfast for like the first half hour and and you know round tables where everybody you know Honestly, network it was probably sold on the breakfast part initially like, <laughs> you're like yes i want breakfast breakfast <laughs> uh and then uh and then it was like a panel of you know women you know top women in the industry um just talking and it was yeah it, and so so this was the 70 uh 75th uh, uh annual technical conference first women's event that Society of Plastics Engineers has ever had. Well, yeah. progression. <laughs> Welcome to yeah. the future. <laughs> yeah. So, so then uh, while we're doing this and while we're Google stalking each other, SPE uh, releases their first like SPE is me like kind of like internal marketing thing where uh, they were doing a feature on the members and I was I was one of the people to be featured. Yeah. And so Lindsay's husband Danny, you, you want to take it from here, Lindsay? Well, yeah. So you know they asked me to do the SP is me thing two months after you, three months after you, something like that. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, there's kind of this like parallel where like Mercedes will do something and then I'll do it or like, I'll do something and then Mercedes will do it. Yeah. And my husband kind of made a comment. He's like, you know, she's like you, but like a little bit better. And <laughs> I'm like, she's kind of your nemesis. <laughs> Is <laughs> and and that's 
the best piece of, I mean, we, you know, we call each other nemeses. I think we call each other like best friends in the industry more now. Yeah. Unfortunately, we should get back on the, that nemesis. We should track. get back on the nemesis. I try to, but then I forget. I, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, I mean, it's like, get, get yourself a nemesis because it's like, I mean, it's like Superman and Lex Luthor, you make each other stronger, right? Well, I always say it's, uh, I always say it's like Professor X and Magneto. I, I prefer that relationship. But I, I know a little bit less about that, but yeah. Well, you couldn't just, pick a plastic yeah. superhero? Isn't there a plastic no. man? Uh, there is. I, Russ Green, yeah. the, the former managing director, I can, I'll, I'll bring it. Should I bring it? I did put on camp for this. <laughs> <laughs> I was, that was it. Like, the only thing I was texting them. Oh, I'm very hungover. So I'll be right back. Lizzie, take, take it. I'm, I'm saying hi. I don't know what happened there, but we've, we've spurred some action. You, you asked about some uh, figurine superhero thing. Plastic man, yeah. She's actually not getting it. She's going to the bathroom. Now. No, I'm not. These pants, these, I'm wearing my Oaka pants. These are a whole situation to undo. I would have muted my audio. Come on, I'm like, I'm not new here. Yeah, just the same. Yeah, he stretches. Although, it's kind of a lame. I mean, I guess it works. I mean, he has an extendable neck. Should have been Rubber Man. Whoever wrote this comic had a poor understanding of the material properties of plastic. I mean, yeah. would, you, would you say plastic is stretchy? Generally uh, not, some, right? Some can be. Some can be. Yeah. yeah. Elastomers. Yeah. Silicon. Yeah. Oh. Thermoplastic elastomers. Yeah. I will shut my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I always get nervous when we do like our half hour interview. So I don't know how you guys, you know, do that without um, wanting to poop yourself. <laughs> no. Yeah, three hours. I, I try to think of it as, as a conversation where I'm learning about the guests. So it's actually, a, to me, it's a win-win. The, the, the more comfortable the guest is, the more they open up. And mm-hmm. if they have stories and their careers, um, it's, it's a win-win. For me, I love lo- learning about people's careers. So three hours to me is, 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 I don't really, I don't think I really get nervous at all. See, I just, I feel like I sit there and I think, ask something smart, ask something smart. And then my head is like... Oh, I, I shut down, and that's all I think. And then I'm like, "Do you like toast?" <laughs> I'm just stopping myself from asking dildo questions. <laughs> Are they injection molded? Is, this, uh, is it rubber? Is it plastic? Yes, uh, it, it's thermoplastic elastomer or silicone. <laughs> yeah, uh, fun. Lindsay has a great story about that. Actually, I, I've been I've, been, I've had the audio. Going I was say, time. Which story though? It was, it was a long. Like, okay, it was a long pee to begin with, but I also got these pants. They're I think from Shukan. It's oh. like a whole situation where it's like a it's a tie in the back. Anyway, okay. it was, pants. It's a new type of pant. It's like Indiana Jones pants. Yeah, he should be so lucky. He should be so lucky. <laughs> but Lindsay, why don't you tell your uh, dildo story? Sex toy story. <laughs> oh, you know. Oh, so well. Here's 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 fun fact about. Uh, okay, so I'll first tell my tampon story, and then you tell your, <laughs> and then you tell your dildo story. Perfect. Oh, the right, You're like, is this what you guys road. wanted to talk about? This- yeah, I was stopping oh, myself from going here. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a big big industry event called Pack Expo. Um, all about yeah yeah like packaging um and it it takes place here in chicago uh switches off between here and 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 las vegas actually Uh, i highly recommend attending (laughs) is it it hard to infiltrate (laughs) can i just buy somebody's badge and get in there or how does that 
Yeah, just get one from the trash. From yeah. <laughs> again, you shouldn't be throwing it away. You shouldn't be throwing it away. You're recycling those badges. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Reuse. Um. But um, I did that with a liquor expo once. If you remember, Lindsay, it was I forget it was like, and then I gave it the badge to Scott Marco. Anyway, we drank it up. Nice. So um. So tampons. But, so tampons. So I'm, I'm talking tampons. to a guy at, a, and not everybody at, at Packets go works in plastics, but um, you know we introduce ourselves during a social hour where there's free beer and and everything. And um, and he's like, oh yeah, like plastics. Yes, I do. Oh yeah. And and he's like, I have, uh, you know, I was a longtime member of SPE, the Society of Plastics Engineers. And he's like, oh great, uh-huh. like you know this person, and, you know. And then and he, then he's like. I actually, ha- he's, he's an older guy and he's like, uh, I actually have 30 patents um, in plastics. I was like, <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that I'm on the road to like getting a patent maybe, but, Sweet. um, which I never thought again, not a, never a day of, of, I, was, of I was on a patent application as an intern, but it never went through. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Closer than any of us on this end, so <laughs> you're good. We want. I feel like I want to know about you guys, but let me finish the story first, and then wait, and then Lindsay has to finish her. her I'm going to finish the tampon story, then Lindsay's going to finish it, tell the story. Then I, I want to learn about you. Tampon add-on usually. I think. Um, oh yes, you do have a great. It segues very well. <laughs> We've so, got a whole itinerary so, of conversation. So here. listen, like this, this, this guy and I were talking, like, and he's like, oh, but he was too embarrassed to tell me what his patents were in. Like it wasn't, I was like, yeah, it, it wasn't like he couldn't tell me. Uh-huh. He was like, well, mm, uh, and, and bear in mind, this was like, we're on our second, the end of the, of the night, yeah. 5 PM, second free beer. Cool. We loosened up. <laughs> and then he finally lets out like, okay, it was, it, it was for tampons. Yeah. It was the applicator for tampons. Yeah. I was like, whoa, like this dude can't even like say the word tampon, like without whispering <laughs> after two beers. <laughs> Um, to a woman, like, wait, were all of, then, all of his patents tampon related, like 26 yes. of them. Okay. I'm, and I'm not going to say what company you work for, but it's the big one. If you think of the other word that we use for tampons, when you guys think of tampons, <laughs> you guys think, well, every I mean, woman that's, listening, that's part of the problem. I think that's part of his embarrassment brand. is that to admit that he has 30 tampon patents. It mean it admits that he's spending some gigantic hours of his life thinking about female genitalia and the operations therein, the, the activities that, well, and it's a like, little bit perverted. Well, so, well, well the best <laughs> thing was like, well, when, what Lindsay said immediately after was like, he, he was, I was like, isn't that fucked up that he was like so embarrassed to say that he yeah. had 30 patents and tampons and Lindsay was like immediately. Well, so I, I'm good friends with a lot of, um, the just say the joke, but say the joke. Do you remember what you said? <laughs> Oh, she Jerry. Was, it was the best joke I, ever. No, I say a lot of stuff. You, you were immediately like, and this was like actually, I think in person, because I, or maybe it was over the phone, I don't know, but you were immediately like, oh, so the 30 patents on this trade name are by a man. No wonder they're so uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> yes. You know, well, <laughs> and now yeah, the dildo story. Well, it makes a lot of sense. It's part of the problem that, like, women in this industry, like, if you really want to set me off on a, a rant, yeah, you know, why we need more diversity of thought and more diversity of people is because there are products being designed for large 
sections of people yeah. that are being designed by someone who has no personal use with them. Right. And well, you did a temp, a temp on applicator too, didn't you? Uh, I didn't, but um, one of the professors <laughs> at um, Penn State was working with a group and she was talking to them and she they were they were talking about a material for a tampon applicator and the guy said well you know it's got to withstand a certain uh temperature and humidity and you know all these variables. <laughs> a harsh environment and she's like why and they're like well you know it, it stays there and she's like guys the applicator it, it's applicator it is used quickly once yeah. and then it could be recycled but it's thrown away as to withstand these <laughs> harsh recycle like, the applicator <laughs> Yeah, we, we should. We should rinse it off. We should be. It is a very, very easy material to um, yes. to recycle, and it is not being impeded by any other materials. Like it. it well, it is, well, actually, to to contradict you, Lindsay, which is <laughs> um, uh, like pearlescence and metallics oh, that are used. No, in, so, so on me. the color side, I'm like, okay, I'm the devil. Like, yeah. and, okay. and also like, do you, like, how do you feel when you're, this is, this is from the design side. How do you feel like when you unwrap a tampon and the, and the applicator isn't pearlescent, you're like, what the fuck is this? Right. It feels less fancy. Like, like even though we're in the industry. So, so I mean, you're saying making like them, thing. making them prettier makes them less recyclable. Uh, is that what's happening? Mm, well, not, not necessarily. I mean, but, but typically the, the, oh, the no. I mean, do you want to be it, more slidey? slippy well so here look most dudes never pick up a tampon right we never unwrap one the closest thing that's going here like, no no the closest you. thing that's is amazing. like can you grab it out of the glove compartment for me okay i'll get it for you but we don't we don't have an actual experience with this product you know you see a commercial <laughs> and it's some butterflies and stuff but it's not have you seen the uh the TikTok videos going around of women showing their boyfriends how to uh tampon works no, we don't watch it, that gross stuff. They put them in a water <laughs> bottle and then they let them expand and then they try and pull them out. And the guys are just like, ah! Oh. <laughs> okay. We need to go watch this now for our education. Yeah, you have yeah. some. Okay. Um, but but the same is the same. Your to your to your question again. I like to, to answer. Probably, <laughs> answer like, the damn question. <laughs> about if you make if you make it prettier, can it be recycled? So, yeah. just like just like some plastics um, won't bond. With other mm. plastics, there are some additives um, that make, and some color that yeah. makes plastic uh, plastics harder to recycle or yeah. can contaminate them. It, you know, it's it's still recyclable. It's just you're not recycling it with its other friends that were easily recyclable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Like you have these, you have these poly polypropylene like food containers and things that are thermoformed, like your takeout stuff. Yeah. Um, with the living hinge which I, was one of my favorite things. That's like how I identified probably propylene in the beginning. Um, uh, Did you say a living you know, hinge? Lindsay can talk more about this because I learned oh. a new thing from you about this the other day. When we were talking about the um, the the, um, oh, uh, the closure, the top that like broke off immediately. <laughs> and I give Lindsay I said, a lot of credit and then she looks at you like she's lost. I just say stuff. I don't pay attention. <laughs> but here's, the, here's the great thing about um, a three hour um, yeah. <laughs> interview is, um, man, Lindsay, like you are blowing my mind with some of your technical knowledge. And, and I know for a fact, we've talked about this, that like, sometimes I'll try to get you to, to spout some of your technical knowledge in one of our interviews with like a, you know, somebody else yeah, yeah. and she freezes up. Uh, I can't. Hmm. 
All right. Yeah, and it's like even even if even if the even if 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 it's just you and me talking, and like for when we were doing quarantinis, we were doing like an Instagram live thing, like during <laughs> nice. like the first couple months of of uh, of uh, the lockdown. Yeah. And so it's like okay, very low risk. Like they're like five to. I wish we had known you all during there. quarantine. That would have been a fun <laughs> Zoom call. It would have been a good one. <laughs> yeah. And, and it blows my mind, Lindsay, because like you have taught me so much. She, yeah, she would do the GIF gift consulting. Like the injection molder would be like not working, or like like not the the chip that I was shooting wouldn't be the size I wanted to be. And and she would just like oh do this, and then she'd like do a, a like a Britney Spears GIF or whatever. Like and like you know it was like oh okay I get it. If you like, can't you know. teach through GIFs, then why are you even bothering? Right. Just hit <laughs> no, it, hit it, baby, it, one more time. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and like, and yet, like, sometimes it's like you, you just freeze up. So I don't know what that's about. Uh, well, that, that is a therapy session, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, this... but part of it is, but part of it is also being like a woman in the industry. Like Lindsay has gotten mistaken for a secretary. Uh, yeah, I, I've been mistaken for a secretary. I've been mistaken for my favorite, I think. Mistaken for a secretary at the company where she was, there were, there were two plastics engineers, the owner and her. And, and my favorite is when I'm mistaken for um, a wife of someone because it is insulting. Yeah. And like, why the fuck would the wife be here? Like. (laughs) To cover. Right. Like why, why is the wife in this like technical meeting? If I was the wife, like if I was a wife and an engineer, sure. But, I mean, like, ironically, you just told us you're sitting in your husband's uh, seat right now, his desk <laughs> at home. He is not an Listen, and he he is he commits fully to her career, and she's like the the, yeah. uh, the breadwinner. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I am. Um, he's winning bread too. He's yeah, bread too. Well, so, or ham loaves, ham loaves. Yeah. So so in Lindsay's defense, I think there is a little bit of stage fright when you know there's an audience, right? When you know people are watching, when there's pressure to give an answer, and people are there looking is. to you for expertise. And, you know, I don't want to, like, say the blanket statement of, like, all men mansplain because that, that's a pretty disrespectful statement because uh, especially, like, at my last job, um, Brock Allen, the owner of Tech Tank, he was very supportive, probably yeah. the most, like, outwardly supportive of people, uh, like, yeah. of me. Um, you know, we'd be in meetings and they'd be like, well, you know, how much material do you want? And he would be like, ask Lindsay, I don't care, whatever yeah. she says. Yeah. And like, and I've had people support me. That's not to say there haven't been other companies that have supported me or anything like that. Like I've, I've been very fortunate in my life for the yeah. most part. And the people that I didn't get that support from, they have a list. Um, and <laughs> I mean, like your, your plastics godfather, my plastics godfather, we, right? Yeah, we have John we Beaumont. Uh, yeah. Beal. John Beaumont was one of my professors. <laughs> These guys are both in the Plastics Hall of Fame. Yeah. And yeah, they're both very big names in the Plastics Hall oh, of Fame. Oh, name like, We are. <laughs> I mean, but, the, but these are the guys who, that we're not like dropping. I mean, we are dropping. You're, you're shouting out like, praise to thank because, them. Yeah. But also. Because they, they, they guide us and help us so much. Like they yeah. follow our careers and they're like, hey, kid, like and you got this. I mean, like, I've been talking to customers who've been like, you know, you can tell they're just on the fence about what I'm telling them their next moves yeah. need to be or what this design needs to be or whatever and i'll yeah. be like you know well when i worked with and i 
I'm very outward with uh, John. John and I are still very close. Um, my kids mm-hmm. call him Papa John. So, um, <laughs> Pizza. and geographically, he's just down the street too. I was, he's I was like, when I visited, I was like, we should ding dong ditch him. Like, <laughs> we could. Um, but like, if I drop the fact that I worked for him or that I know him, yeah, people give me more respect, which is bullshit. Like, uh, yeah. he trusted me enough, so people trust me through association by him. But it's like. I also have, you know, 13 years in the industry. I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I say dumb stuff and maybe I don't remember everything I'm saying, but I, eventually that brain kicks in and, you know, I, I am uh, very capable in my job. I don't think I've ever, um, plus you knew the up. answer to the polystyrene quiz question. Yes, always. <laughs> Meanwhile, when, when Lindsay and I did like our plastic ch- chicks interview, did I just say plastic chicks? Plastic chicks interview. <laughs> Shoot. Plastics interview um, with with John Beaumont. Yeah, he asked like at what temperature water boils, and I froze up. <laughs> like I, again, it's boiling temperature. And <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, and then like um, like a minute later or something, I was like, oh, oh is, is it a hundred? Two hundred twelve. Oh yeah, I only do Fahrenheit. Sorry, but it's like you just freeze <laughs> up, you know. Yeah. But, well, no, freezing is a different I mean, temperature. Like, <laughs> But like men in our industry, like they've been the most supportive. Oh my god! I mean, listen, listen, Russell Broom, who was the one who was like when I when I said approached him, the the former managing director of Society of Plastics Engineers. Yeah. When I approached him, he was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, you should do the women's event and you should lead it and you should be the face of it." And I'm like, yeah. "I don't know shit. Like, it should be Donna Davis, who's now in the plastics. I mean, like, it should be this person, that person." He's like, "No, yeah. you should do it." Yeah. And um. And John Ratzliff is another one where it's like, I love that man. Uh, he'll be like in a different continent entirely. And you text him like, Hey, I'm going through a work thing. Can we talk and guide me through? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in between flights in Bali right and now. He's like, like super high up at his company. Um, and like constantly traveling and which yet, is a massive company, huge. Like company. it is a big name in the industry. I don't think that those guys are former presidents in society. Process and yeah. 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 I don't know. Say. <laughs> okay. Google John Ratzlaff. You'll find him. Um, I, I think Lindsay is great. If you're ever stage fright or anything, I would recommend taking on a persona, like take on a character of like. Can I use Muppet voice? Yeah. Like be a cocky, like I know shit about plastic. <laughs> this is what I do. And, and you know, honestly, I, I'm much better than where I was, but yeah. you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's hard sometimes. Cause you think like, yeah somebody's gonna you know explain to me why i'm not right and mm. that almost never happens and if it does it's usually by somebody who doesn't know as much and is trying to prove that they know more and they really don't and i can be like no so you're waiting well, for an attack that never comes well there well it does come it constantly comes though <laughs> like uh. in, like in a, in a kind of like low-key way like, uh, do you remember Lindsay? you telling me about i think we were at the golf outing um the the erie pennsylvania golf out Society of Plastics Engineers golf outing, which takes place in New York. <laughs> Very confusing to me. Tri-state area, get over it. It's better restaurants over there. <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ham loaf that goes on over there. But, um, <laughs> but um, you told me that there was like an alumnus, right, from, from Penn State Barron, I think, who then was explaining to you what injection molding was or what like it was something like. <laughs> I know this is going to go along with my story, but I, I don't remember 
exactly what's I mean because I've had these things happen to me multiple times so uh, it's okay. it's not like it's one specific time it's like yeah. which story are you referring to because I have several <laughs> which asshole are you yeah. referring to <laughs> yeah. but then you get people like Donna Davis right who is now retired but she worked at um we can say her company because she's retired right she I mean she she and this is actually a great story like she she worked at Exxon Mobil for for 40 plus years was only with one company which is yeah. rare these days mm-hmm. um and uh you know we, she she came up for a position like for you know to to move up and she applied it like the position was in saudi arabia mm. and she's a, this little like you know five foot nothing woman yeah. from from mm-hmm. texas southern draw always wearing <laughs> always wearing heels oh she calls it oil and i'm like what is it oil right oh. um <laughs> <oil>. <laughs> um and uh and she applies for the position and they're like well um i don't think that you would fit this role because um um you're wearing a skirt like <laughs> you know and you can't do that in saudi arabia and she was like oh like i didn't even know like yeah because when I, I i had i had reached out to her is like who would be a good speaker for this event and she's like i don't know because i don't think of people in terms of women or men now that being said yeah go back 40 plus years when she was hired exxon mobile in her department yeah Hid- hidden figure style there was no bathroom for her mm. they had to build her her own bathroom yeah and this is this is like a a mentor of ours and it's crazy to think that like not that long ago yeah if you go go back in the decades it's it's more recent that women are seeing equality and equal stature and and as you're explaining not often you know not always right not and you know it's it's funny because you know we talk about society plastics engineers a lot because obviously they sponsor our podcast and we're Mm -hmm. both very active in it um, and gosh, they're they're taking a great turn now with the uh, the diversity, equity, inclusion like a uh, uh, advisory yeah. board, and even like doing like they're asking for presenters to do the. Uh, if we, I don't know if this was your idea, Lindsay. Lindsay's done a ton of stuff that I'm jealous of at the executive level. There, <laughs> um, that's actually yeah. Oh, what I admire most about her, but it didn't come to fruition because the event was canceled. <laughs> yes. yes. Back to answering the question, uh, Lindsay uh got and the event again didn't happen because of covid yeah yeah because it was it was it was going to be in march you know 2020 but um it was she got a complimentary child care at our annual technical conference which is huge because oh, it's, not, yeah. it's not just a benefit to women who are at the conference but there are young you know men or you know well i guess not older men because your kids are older too um <laughs> They're busy but like, chasing bimbos. But, did you, but point, like, like to your point, Lindsay, did you watch that video that I showed you earlier? Or that I was like, urgent, watch this? Oh, I didn't see the urgent part. <laughs> Oops. It was, it was just like a last fuckable day with Amy Schumer and uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus and uh, oh, oh, I have Tina Fey. Uh, I've seen that video before. Yeah. Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Well, yeah, which is like, it's a, so, I highly recommend this, this Amy Schumer uh, show video. But she she stumbles upon this this well her idols right like it's uh-huh. um, uh, Patricia Arquette, Julie Louis Dreyfus, and Tina Fey just like okay like she's like hiking and she, and she stumbles upon them like at a lake and like they're um, uh, you know have this like champagne and stuff like that and they're like oh my god you guys are amazing like and they're like oh you are you the one who makes all the jokes about her pussy and stuff like that she's <laughs> like, oh yes like that's me thank you. Yeah. And and, the, and and they're like, oh, come make jokes about your person at our table, and like, <laughs> um, and then they're and then they're like, what are you guys? Is it somebody's birthday? And they're like, no, the opposite. Like we're we're celebrating um, 
Julia's last fuckable day. <laughs> like some, like in the industry, like they decide, you know, she's like, do they tell you? It's like, no, you just kind of learn. Like, uh, and, um, and, and then she asked the question, well, so, so when, so, so is, do men have like a later, like last fuckable day? I said, no, they don't like they, It's just like for men, like, you know, it's like, I think the, the, the great example was like, oh yeah, Sally Field. Remember when he, she played like Tom Hanks's girlfriend in this movie. And then like two months later, she was like his mom in Forrest Gump. Uh, I see. Yeah. Uh, and I forget why I got on this, but like <laughs> we were way off. Real I think we started at Pack Expo in Chicago, and I don't know where we ended up. <laughs> and with. tampons, Lindsay, tell your dildo story. Perfect. <laughs> I have many of them, so I don't know which one you're referring to. The one when you were you were working on a project. <laughs> well, that's like all all we ever all do. plastic stuff. All plastic. Uh, so my first job, I actually it um, wasn't it wasn't maybe it wasn't a dildo, but no, I know it was a sex toy. Yeah, so the uh, the first job <laughs> I had, we did a lot of elastomers, and so one of the projects we were looking at was actually like a plastic. A, the plastic that feels like rubber. Yes, so like yes. soft. Um, and we were looking at uh, I think they called it a penis enhancer. Penis. Mm. It went over. Um, and that was the shape. So. <laughs> oh, um, like if I have a normal sized penis, I can put a large size penis yeah. over my penis like a like a penis mask um <laughs> and so um but not like that you would exfoliate it but like no, not, <laughs> not exfoliation. that's clay that's a different material um and so i had to go to our material supplier and say like okay this is and material i need this is what like i need it's like you know properties to be and i need it to be fda approved and i need it to be you know all this stuff because that yeah. does spend more time than a than a, a yeah. tampon. Okay, and, um, moving on at temperature. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I got the I got the material quoted. Whatever. Um, fast forward nine, ten years. Uh-huh. I'm in this meeting, and this guy, he's like, "Oh, I used to work for you know this other material company," and I was like, "That sounds really familiar." And he goes, <laughs> "Yeah, didn't." I quote material for it for you. I'm like, you did. I'm glad you remember. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad that's how I you run remember. Into old friends. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't the dildo story that I was remembering, but we're <laughs> working on a lot of projects. Like, like in college, because like that's the joke. It's always like, oh, the girl's gonna go work in sex toys, and it's like, why would I want to work in sex toys? I think all you guys want to work in sex toys. Like, I'm fine. Yeah, men definitely um, want to work in sex toys. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, well, that, like, actually, that oh, sorry, my first ahead. project ended up being a sex toy, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so, so there's this woman, uh, uh, T. Chang, who's like huge influencer in industrial design right now. Um, she's on the West Coast, um, uh-huh. and she is, I mean, she's started this like women in industrial design group. And listen, women in industrial design have it worse. <laughs> then uh. like the ratio is worse than women in plastics engineering. Actually, if you look at yeah. Lindsay taught me this, like the, 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 um, of all the fields of engineering, mm-hmm. most, uh, the highest percentage, um, of those fields uh, for, for women is plastics engineering. Lowest is, um, the coolest. what's that? The yes. Coolest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, we are e- easily. Um, but then, the, uh, um, uh, computer and software engineering, right? I think is the, Lowest percentage. I think so. Oh. Yeah. Um, but software, yeah, software electrical. And this is see. Okay, we, we're gonna get. I want to. I want to learn about you guys. We want to learn about you guys. But um, 
The, he, so, he wishes there was a lot more women in software engineering. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, does. actually, one one of one of my like very very like like closest to my heart mentors is in software engineering, cloud computing. Yeah. Um, and she, and she's she's a relative of mine, and she hadn't been a mentor until I was then suddenly in this field where I'm surrounded by men. Yeah. And um and then it was like oh, you are the only person at your company who uh, doesn't have a PhD and is and or is not ex-military, you mm. know, and and she's the only woman like in her department. Like wow. so then she immediately it was like, I need to talk to you all the time, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nice. um, uh, but I forget what I was. I feel like I was making a very important. Point. Oh, there, <laughs> but gonna... there, there are even there are even fewer women in industrial design. Oh, I thought you were going to tell us a dildo story that Lindsay couldn't remember. Well, this is this is a sex toy story, and okay. this is important that it's a sex toy story. It's not a dildo story. So Wait, what if other you look sex at it, toys? Well, yeah, that that's exactly that's exactly right. That's the problem, okay. right? So, so if you think about all the products that um, that we oh, make, oh, I got so, one. So we're just engineers. We're the we are the the people in the middle who are figuring out how to make it. Yes. And and maybe we can use a material that's more comfortable for women, but. Ultimately, <laughs> you look at like where 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 the the creation of the product starts, right? And uh, the majority of people who are designing products are men, including yeah. sex toys, right? I'm not I surprised mean, how many, by that. Yeah. How many how many women were involved in in the production process of making the sex toy that you did, Lindsay? You? Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it sounded and, and so, like an indictment. So, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's 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 like it's it's, it's 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 reinforcement. Like because like you yeah. know, uh, so so T Chang is like becoming a lot more visible now, and she's speaking out a lot, um, because she her company, um, yeah. is called Butt Plugs International. No, no, this is industrial design. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, well, no, I started thinking about actually, butt plugs and I couldn't stop. It's called, um, is it called, uh, I'll, I'll have to look it up because I don't, I like, she is so important to design right now that I don't want to Wait, like, what is, misspell her company. What is industrial but, design? Is that? Uh, anything like your microphone that you're speaking into, both microphones, yeah. um, your table, your coffee mug, they ideate, uh, it, yeah, they, they, they ideate the product. Your headphones, they're oh. the ones who actually design it. They start the sketch. They're like, so... Okay. So there are so few women involved in that. Ah. It's a, it's actually a little bit less than a little bit less than women in in uh, plastics engineering. Um, so our coffee mugs so are very her, sexist. So uh, I have another industrial designer I want to tell you about who does coffee mugs. He's a male, but yeah. um, he's amazing. <laughs> no, okay. well, our, our our coffee mugs are, are are exclusionary because like if you think of like people who have um, there are a lot of people who can't use their hands very well. Yeah. Um, and or who who don't have a hand. Um, so this this other guy I know he he has this um beautiful mug that that you can it's it'll make you cry just like going to the Instagram. Yeah. Like because how happy these people who who just have one hand, um, mm. are able to like then hold a mug and do their all their typing like and drink their coffee while they're typing like it's 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 gorgeous. But back to teaching. <laughs> um, she makes vibrators. She makes vibrators, and she said, "You know, um, most women, um, you know, um, experience orgasm not from internal penetration, and that's what 
that's the whole thing about dildos. It's like, 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 yeah. like, like, like Lindsay, like, I'm not, okay. Lindsay, like, straight up, <laughs> like, give me those, like, no, like, why, why like a dildo? Like, like, they're like, you know, it, yes. so, so, and, um, her, she makes it out of the most beautiful products and it's a necklace because it's a statement too. Oh. And you see, and so, so I'll, um, I'll look it up. Lindsay, I, I have got to question. because I cannot picture in my head a vibrator on a necklace and being like, Beautiful. No, it's gorgeous. <laughs> and and celebrities wear it out and about because she's she's in um well, San Francisco. Now I have to, and, I have to see. Yeah. It. Yeah. Um. I again, she is such an important person. Um, because necklace. I mean, because that's I mean that's the thing. It's like if you think of all these sex toys for women. Yeah. Made by men. Right? Yeah. No. Like no no bullshit. I that sounds wonderful. I'm all for that. That sounds great. Oh, like listen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, <laughs> no. I would love to see um, women everywhere yeah. wearing vibrators on their necks <laughs> out in public. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's and she'll like she'll get like teary eyed like and post it on her Instagram yeah. like when she sees there are people who and it it's beautiful and it's and it's subtle yeah. and it's it's gorgeous and it's like and it's like fuck you here I am yeah. but like men don't recognize what it is uh, but her company yeah. is called Crave um, and her Instagram is at Love Crave um, okay. uh, and and. I mean that that's just a little example. If you think about But I think um, it also destigmatizes sexuality, right? It, in America we have a lot of uh, hang-ups and weird behaviors, social pressures around sexuality. And so yeah. I think that's cool to have that at the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. And that was and and that and, and initially that was the most yeah, people thought that, that was the most important part of her work. Yeah. But really what I'm seeing is the most important part of her work is like okay, then she's making these very effective sex toys for women designed by women. Mhm. Um, and if you think about like, for example, in, in the medical field, go to a doctor's office, mm. what's the height of the counter, right? Like what is like all of the, all of the medical devices oh. are majority of medical devices are designed by men and operated by women. Oh, I see. Right. If you think about like the, the, I thought you were about to complain about OBGYNs about gynecologists <laughs> i've i've had excellent ones like listen both yeah. of us are moms like, I will, like okay familiarity yeah. you're doing okay um yeah no i mean listen I mean, the, the doctors aren't the ones designing the instruments yeah like but they like if you think about like uh i think that that i was i was thinking about this before because both of my parents are left-handed mm. and um and i'm right-handed most people are right-handed but um in, in my house, we always had left-handed scissors because it was oh, yeah. a cute thing. Like, you know, when my parents were together, it was like, we always right. had left-handed scissors. And I experienced this issue that most left-handers go through when they're trying to use a pair of, are either of you left-handed? No. That's wrong. You, right, it's something that you don't even think about. <laughs> but it's like it's... fucking impossible to use a pair of, 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 uh, Is of it the shape of the holes or? And, but it's the, and, and like, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's contoured and it's like, and then you have to like, like you, it's it's ridiculous, yeah. right? And and so my parents had had left-handed scissors, and, and that's just a very small example, but it's it's the same concept. Yeah. So if you think like that's why I say the height of the counter, like the 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 place where I'd go to see my OBGYN, yeah, I could barely see the receptionist, right? Oh, I see. Because the chair wasn't tall enough, the counter was way too tall. Yeah. Right. Um. Well, you know, plus... and and little things like that, and or or you know, even even like with the blood pressure like there are a million different things you, you don't think about in the day-to-day -day. yeah like and all our nurses all are filipino now so it should be even less tall yeah yeah oh my god those filthy nurses. 
<laughs> I, I, and Salamat, if you, are you guys, no. Oh, that's why I wanted to ask you. No, this, you guys are Vietnamese, yeah? Or at least I know that, Liam, you are. Yeah, I'm Vietnamese. Emmett's half Vietnamese. Half Vietnamese, yep. Are you half Filipino? No, half Irish American oh. <laughs> from Chicago. Oh, right on. Same, same. I'm not from Chicago, but, but my parent, my mom, yeah. Yeah, I wish I was Filipino. They're great singers. <laughs> really good at karaoke. Yeah, exactly, right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the Vietnamese, they do a lot of karaoke, actually. Just yeah. our family doesn't. I, w- I wouldn't put them up against the Filipinos in a contest, though. So, <laughs> so Liam, I'm so flattered that, that you, you wanted to talk to us. And I really want to learn more about you. So, so. How many patents do you have? I'm, uh, <clears throat> I spent, tw- I'm about 20 years into software engineering and a, in a 20 years in the career of software engineering. Um, podcasting kind of just uh, called out to me because watching things like Joe Rogan, Lex Friedman, um, and, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, some of those, when I, when I watch those and listen to them, I feel like it resonates with me where you're teaching people and, or you're resonating, you're getting resonation, not, sorry, you're, when you listen to people's stories, design, what was that? Is this generative design all over again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Let's not speak of it. Let's not you're on their vibe. That out. <laughs> so when people share okay. their stories about how they're either helping humanity, how they're helping others, um, innovations in their careers, and it doesn't have to be helping people, but just being passionate about something, sharing a story, motivation, that was where this podcast came from, really. Um, so... Taking, I guess, the software engineering side that got, I would say, people that want to start a podcast, um, you got to, I think I've boiled it down to, I would suggest five different, I think it was five things. You probably either want to be a programmer, you want to either be in photography. Okay, so let's slow down because I'm going to take some notes here. <laughs> you should start your programming career now. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. You either want to be a programmer or something in IT. Uh, the second one is a photographer. A third one is a video editor. And then I forget, I forget the next two I wrote down. But the reason why I suggest that is because uh, podcasting or any type of YouTube work, you're going to be dealing with that stuff. You gotta, you're going to deal with YouTube's algorithm. You're going to deal with maybe programming a website. You're going to deal with integrations between uh, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. So you got to be a little bit technical. Um, oh, maybe SEO was one? Yeah, that that's going to be in there too. So if you could at least, you don't have to, this is just my suggestion um, that you be involved in one of those because you're going to dive deep into those things. Video photography, like I didn't know anything a year ago with the lighting, ISO, aperture. Um, I didn't know anything. I'm like I even right now, I still feel like an amateur with it, but if you well, if compare yourself to us, you'll feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe recording recording industry was probably one of them. Like yeah yeah or, exactly or, or, yeah 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 which, yeah, which, which was and, and here I am like I left my microphone and Lindsay hasn't used hers in <laughs> two years since. You guys are relying on your natural else. talent. Yeah. Since we since we interviewed uh, John Belmont, probably that was maybe the last time. Probably the last time. Yeah. Or Brock, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, but so so. So the fourth. I think that. Uh, go ahead. Uh, the fourth one would be just made of money. If you if you're made of money, you could probably buy you could buy equipment, buy people, you could buy. Oh, it's the best talent. <laughs> yeah. So that's <laughs> if you're made of money, this podcasting thing, video video podcasting is all over easier. four. Got it. 
Yeah. So, but um, I would suggest at least one of the other three because it's it's daunting to do video editing, audio editing, audio trying to do audio mastering. I I absolutely suck on that. Trying to do color grading, I suck on that. But I've gotten through, and I think I think my podcast looks pretty damn good for not knowing any of that a year ago. Um, so that's that's what I would suggest getting knowing those three or one. Uh, well, it's it's it's, it's a, a headquarters that does. Any of those things for you, and then you just be ignorant. And you <laughs> yeah, yeah like we, they're they're happy that we create content, and they're like, yeah, we'll splice this yes. together, whatever. But so, so Liam, I think that as with like engineers, like regardless of the field, and I say this as a semi-engineer now, who's not. Uh, I'm, I'm basically a chemist now. I'm basically an honorary title. <laughs> I said that to the guy, like the great grandson of the guy who invented Bakelite. On our yeah. interview the other day, he was like, oh, so are you guys chemists? Knowing that his great grandfather was a chemist, the guy who invented the first plastic. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm basically a chemist now. I mean, I work <laughs> with, with, you know, pigment chemistry, like all the, like, yeah, I'm basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that, that the stereotype of, I'm pretty, pretty much anybody in STEM is, is that they are more introverted and, and antisocial in podcasting and, and especially having a three hour uh, session. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so do you feel that, 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 that stereotype is true? Do you, uh, do you feel like, like other people, especially in software engineering, I feel like where you're looking at, I mean, now when we're looking at a screen all day, we're usually using zoom and communicating with mm -hmm. people, but like, I, I feel like, especially the, the software engineer stereotype was antisocial. Oh yeah, and, totally. Yeah. So, so do you feel like you're different or do you feel like, yeah, I, I was definitely, I, w I would consider myself more of an extrovert. Um, I have the probably the introvert feature as I get older on uh, during this COVID thing really tested my introvertness, which mm -hmm. I was able to stay indoors all, uh, a lot and not it didn't bother me. Maybe my my um, window to the outside world was the Internet. And so maybe my in intro outrovert outrovert was able to use the Internet for what I wanted, what I needed to talk to people. Um, now, starting a podcast as an introvert, I would, I, I oddly see different YouTube formats where there's a lot of introverts doing YouTube. Actually, now podcast mm -hmm. is different. Podcasts where conversation, maybe I would, I think that needs an extrovert. But you or get I, yourself an extrovert uh, co-host. Yeah, yeah. In well, my and, case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, kind of. Emmett, Emmett has. Um, He's, he's able to throw in a lot more jokes and a lot more. I haven't he, said anything in four minutes. <laughs> he, he has a lot of wide. Good joke. That was a good joke. That was a good solid joke. <laughs> he has a wide range of knowledge where I've, I've kind of dived deeper, I think, into either uh, software engineering or anything technical I dove into where my lack in, of knowledge is definitely pop culture, uh, probably um, geopo geo, geopolitical things, I, history. Mm. I stayed away from all that stuff. And that's mm -hmm. when, when I have a conversation with you guys, that's where I hope to rely on Emmett when he brings those things uh, to the table. Um, so, but I am, I would say I'm a lot more extroverted than the typical software engineer. Um, uh -huh. I, uh, I think one of my coworkers, uh, Oscar, who I've interviewed here on this podcast, he is a software, software engineer. And he, he kind of said to me like, hey, you're, you're much more extroverted than any other programmer I've worked with. So yeah, out there, I, man. 
Yeah, I'm, I remember, um, actually, uh, I'll try to make the story quick. I think it's a maybe boring story, but my first few years. We're going year- a tangent within it, too, and we're going <laughs> to make it like, this is going to go, I hope you guys have time saved, like, for after this, because, like, we're going to go on longer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not going to hit the time. <laughs> <laughs> the first few years as a programmer, uh, because I was an extrovert, was the toughest part of my career. Sitting hmm. behind a desk and the manager giving me the the uh, the task or the the project, and I'm just sitting there on the screen. That was tough for me. I wanted to get out. I wanted to talk to people. It was tough for me. Um, as a little as a kid in high school, I was I was the loudest kid. I was outgoing. So becoming a programmer that was tough. But enjoying the programming, I love. I'm a nerd. I'm a. If you want to talk cryptocurrency, if you want to talk programmer stuff, I love getting into it. I'm a I mean, yeah, me nerdy. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I spent so much, I, I spent probably too much time like on cryptocurrency, um, on my other time with programming. Like I try to, I try to, I don't know. I lose, I lose most friends when I talk about it. Um, <laughs> it's, they, they get bored out of their mind, but I enjoy it. I love it. Side note, like a, a great trick I learned to get someone a good gift is like the thing that you like kind of zone out when they're talking about it that's you have to get them a gift related to that oh. yeah okay interesting that is a good point. hot tip hot tip <laughs> something they want to talk about regardless of you being interested <laughs> yeah yeah one of the best gifts i ever got for my ex-husband was uh was like uh i don't even remember what it was called but it was like a basketball book oh I, yeah i don't he's you know he grew up in chicago during like michael jordan scotty pippen and uh yeah the my favorite guy that i can't remember who has Robin? the Dennis Rodman. <laughs> yes. The big pants. Tony Kukoc? I, like, I always, I always, oh, I always like Rodman the most, but like, I guess Pippen and Jordan are, are more important to Chicago, I guess. But, I think but, Pippen, yeah. Pippen doesn't get enough credit. Pippen's over. Well, they, didn't they write a whole musical about him, though? What? Gilbert and Sullivan wrote a whole musical about um, Scotty, Scotty Pippen. Pippen. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's just, they were like, they predated him. It's Pippen, like P-I-P-P-I-N. Like it's, oh, okay. a, it's a operetta gotcha. or something. Sorry, that was too cultured of a reference for us. <laughs> you laughed, so it was like a like it was. Thank you for laughing at my joke. No, um, I seriously <laughs> thought there was an, a Pippin opera. I, I thought it was a very real thing too. I'm like, I can see this happening. Yeah, I mean, actually, I actually stole that joke from my ex husband's um, best friend's improv troupe from college, which I never saw, but I heard the joke. I was like, that's brilliant. Okay. Um, so Emmett, what about you? Who who are you? What are, what, so what, what's your story? Oh, we're getting reverse interviewed. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in Arlington Heights, and uh, where the racetrack is. Yeah, my my mom is Vietnamese, so the minute she discovered that there are warmer places in the U.S., uh, I got I got to grow up in San Diego, which I think she is the smarter of my two parents. So <laughs> it's the only it's the only place in Southern California that I like. Being from San Francisco originally. Oh, yeah. Where we hate Southern California. But. Yeah. If you can afford it, it's beautiful. Um, so I grew up there mostly. Uh, did my high school years in Bangkok, Thailand. Came back to San Diego because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. This was So I finished high school in 95. Oh, wait, well, why, why, um, why Thailand? Uh, my dad is a Vietnamese linguist and translator, or he was. And uh, at that time, Vietnam and the U.S. had not spoken in a couple decades. And so they were reestablishing diplomatic communication. So my father, an old army buddy, said, hey, there's no Vietnamese linguists around. Do you want to come work at the embassy and reestablish contact with Vietnam? So Mm -hmm. 
but Thailand is the hub for all Asian embassies. So we're operating out of Thailand. Well, he was, <laughs> I went to school. <laughs> so I went to high school in Thailand because my dad was working at the embassy. Um, so right. that, that was an awesome, I mean, that's a whole nother story of his mission and his work and his accomplishments. But, um, for me, it was just an American kid in Bangkok of all places and uh, trying to figure stuff out. This is pre-internet. One night in Bangkok and the, the world's your oyster, right? Yeah. Isn't that how the song goes? Yeah. Not you so know, much. It still doesn't make sense, even with all Some, the... <laughs> a musical reference. I've yeah. never actually seen that. It's The musical is called Chess. It's like the nerdiest and probably the worst musical there ever was. But like... Is the song from the I musical? know the song. Yeah. Okay. One night in Bangkok and the world's your oyster. That makes more sense because when yeah. I was in Bangkok, there was never any chess tournaments happening in the CD bars. <laughs> that we would but I think I think that I think that it... <laughs> I think that, I mean, to your point, what you were saying about communication being cut off, I mean, because a lot of that was due to the, um, uh, well, the Cold War, right? There was like a with, Vietnam War, yeah. <laughs> but no, you, well, but like, I mean, like, it, it, so this musical was about chess. And so that was because of the Cold War where it was like, okay, well, where are they going to meet up? Oh. And to your point of like how this is the center of like, um, you know, Asian embassies. Um, yeah. Uh, and and so they met up and, and did this. But there's also transvestites Listen. in the song. Are there? Yeah. The queen, I don't, that's the, the only queens, part I know. The queens we use would not excite you. <laughs> wow. So you do know the show. So you I, do know it. No, I know the song. It's a huge 80s hit. <laughs> the song is a pop radio song. I know like Take On Me. I know like. Um, yeah. I'm 44. So it's a different, uh, different world. I'm, uh, I just I just turned 40. Hey, looking good, baby. Looking good. Sure. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, so then what after, so after, after Thailand? Uh, you go back you to San Diego. You said you San Diego. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, because when you go to high school in Thailand, like people uh, disappear after 12th grade, they're all embassy kids and rich people's kids. You don't see them go get a construction job or, or go to community college or anything. They just disappear. Like they, so, so where do they go though? They all went to like Ivy league colleges and back to, you know, a prestigious academic because it was a private school. So it was a little more, uh, you know, pressure and more academically excellent. You know, they're all rich kids. So it's not, you don't have these challenges that poor kids have of malnourishment and gangs and or like not I, even poor, but just like just normal regular kids. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I was, I was a bad kid compared to all these square nerds, you know, and I'm a square nerd. Um, but you know, and, and like, you know, there's probably like four people having sex in the whole high school and I wasn't one of them. So, <laughs> you know, so a weird environment compared to a U.S. high school. Um, so, like, I didn't know anything about the world. You couldn't look stuff up besides an encyclopedia. So, you know, what? I, apparently everybody applies for college after this school. So I guess I'll apply for San Diego State and UCSD. And and uh, UCSD had some <laughs> very uh, challenging academic requirements and... San Diego State said, oh, your SAT score is so good. Well, we don't care what your grades are. Come on in. Because <laughs> I was I was very good at multiple choice tests, but I was not a not a good student. So I can always pass the tests, but I'm not I'm not trying real hard. So San Diego State was a great fit for that kind of kid. <laughs> so, what, so what did you study? Did you also study? You didn't study software engineering? Or? No, accounting. So I have a degree in accounting and did that for about six years and lost my mind and got tired of cubicles and uh, kept gambling with my career <laughs> after that. <laughs> so I've been many things. I've managed a comedian. I've opened a coffee shop with Lim down in San Diego. Um, 
uh, what else have I done? I, I became a Vegas bartender at one point. When the coffee shop went under, I was like, you know, I always wanted to be a Vegas bartender. Um, Cause that looks I like, pay, I picture that like, like Tom Cruise and cocktail, like flipping to, I mean, yeah. like, which is a little bit before my time, like probably before your, like neither of us were drinking at that point. Yeah. Like, no, but that's age, exactly like, what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted, I thought I, yeah. I did bartending too. And you think like, that's the life I'm going to flip the bottles and it's like, no shit. Like I gotta. Yeah. No, I think we, yeah, what's that? we actually had a, a, a guy running one of the presses at the last job that I was at. And he, yeah. um, was a bartender for uh, TGI Fridays and he was always in their like yeah. world um, flair competitions. Right. So he'd be like, big res, you know, <laughs> so take a part and he'd be like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like the, the best maker of a Chili's margarita goes to the world. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, so if you want to go into the weeds, then uh, flair bartending is a different game. It's actually like juggling. Like I, I can't juggle for shit. So I have no interest in juggling alcohol, much less anything else. Um, but, but it, you know, you want that fun environment. You want to, you want to be in, you know, what, what's more fun than a Vegas bar, right? What's, <laughs> what's crazier than that? So that was the attraction. And then also I, after having gone to Vegas enough times, you, you hear, I mean, you see how much money's flying across the counter and you go, you know what? My take home as an accountant is probably effectively a hundred bucks a day. So this, wow. this guy's clearing a hundred bucks in tips and there's a union and he's getting some pay rate and insurance and benefits and healthcare and all this. Like, Hey, you know, that kind of adds like, that looks like a good gig. I'd rather be doing that than looking at spreadsheets all day. <laughs> so, you know, it's long story. It, it's a challenge uh, getting in cause it's competitive. Everybody wants to do it. Right. Who doesn't want to want to do it. So, but once you get in, it can be a great gig and a great career compensation wise. Uh, a lot of people find frustration uh, with, you know, it's not challenging. It's it's a little bit monotonous. You're dealing with people all the time and, you know, you, you're, you're on your feet all the time. So that can start to wear on your body. Um, so, yes. So there's, there's good and bads up and down. Um, but uh, about five years ago, I started doing real estate as well. Um, so I, I'd done mortgages back in San Diego <laughs> way back. Cause I thought are, that are you, st- are you still doing really, sorry. Are you still doing real estate right now? Yeah. You did say that we could interrupt you. Yeah, totally. You yeah. Into the property brothers. Uh, yeah. No, that's no, just, how that's are you, how are you even able to like spend time with us? Like I feel like the real estate market is fucking insane right now. Uh, it is. Well, so what matters as a realtor is do you have clients or not? So, um, a lot of people think the market is great. All realtors are making money. No, there's like 60% of realtors do zero transactions. So if you, it's commission only gig. So if you don't do any transactions, you ain't making no money. Mm. So it's, 60% of realtors do zero transactions. Uh, in Vegas, this is a Vegas number. Um, okay. like 80% of first year agents wash out and don't renew their license. So, mm. you know, do you, do you ever know anybody that went and got their license and then a year later they weren't soliciting you to buy or sell your home anymore? <laughs> so how many of those people? Because people see it and they go, oh, I could do that. I bought a house. I saw, you know, I love shopping for houses. That looks great. But that's not the job. The The first part of the and job. And they think, oh, you make so much commission off of like one sale. And it's like, well, yeah, but you could just make one sale. To me, yeah. twice a year sounds appealing. I feel like that sounds like a lot of work. Can I look at a spreadsheet, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. No, I did that for years. So um, that that actually paints the light of, when I was at, when I was bartending and other bartenders are complaining, I'm like, I'd still rather be here than doing an accounting gig. Uh, or when I'm driving around town in the heat and, you know, showing homes that I can't imagine somebody would want to live in or 
you know, whatever the challenges are, I'm like, well, I still enjoy this more than being stuck behind a desk uh, mm. in that, in that previous that one. Yeah. So it, it, it paints this weird, I think that early experience painted a, a, a very favorable light on the adventurous things I do. So do you, do you enjoy the uncertainty? Do you enjoy problem solving? Do you enjoy, you know, helping people in a time of crisis? You know, those, those kinds of things. We um, do. I mean, that's our job. Yeah. <laughs> we love that. Maybe we should go into real estate. No, um, no, cause we don't. Yeah. yeah um, but, but even if you make like six grand on a commission, you know, there's cost to that. You got to pay your broker, you got realtor fees. So then you take out your cost and say you made four grand on the deal. And then you go, well, how many four grand deals do I have to do a year to supplant a salary? So that's the real challenge that people don't think about. Um, so you can do really well if you're great with people. If you, if you can get people to trust you as their realtor, then, then that's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> we trust. Well, listen, I think it, it's different in our field. Like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, nobody, nobody, you have <laughs> to like work a lot and forget to get, to get some of these. Okay. okay, so the Society of Plastic Engineers does have scholarships and they do Careers. support good things. Yes. Yeah, if you look at the SPE Foundation um, website, which is within the 4SPE.org yeah. website, um, you can find the scholarships. They open up, I think, in December and they close in April. Like right now, we're actually doing the, the judgment. Nice. Um, and you can apply as a freshman going into college up through being a grad student. And yeah, actually so much money out there and oh. um, pretty much if you qualify, you will get some money. Yeah. Mm. I mean, and there are different like divisions. Giving, so, so I'm uh, immediate past chair of recycling division and we uh, are, have our inaugural uh, scholarships this year. Um, and the, to qualify, you just have to be studying one of like seven different fields. Um, yeah. uh, not all of them are STEM. Uh, and, and have like a, there's a creative um, element too, where you have to have like um, a project or a paper or an internship or something involved in recycling. Um, you know, and, and we'll give you money. And then, and then uh, there are also divisions within Society of Plastics Engineers who do a separate scholarship. So I'm uh, also involved in, I'm, I'm on the board for Color Appearance Division. Mm. And that you don't even, like you could be studying, we've given scholarships like up to five grand for, for people there are nurses who just mm. recognize the importance of color. And like, like for example, like the color of gloves will tell you what the material is and whether or not you're gonna be allergic to it basically. Gotcha. You know, so if you write a good paper for that, uh, you know, you can, I'm not on the scholarship committee for that part, but like, I mean, it, it, yeah, there's a ton of money. We just are trying to, Awareness. again, there's, there, yeah, there's a generational gap. And yeah. so we're trying to touch base with, with, um, with younger folk and, Younger folk, I sound like, sound like, <laughs> anyway, go on. Next question. Okay. All right. So 4SPE.org, yeah. 4SPE.org, navigate to the scholarship page. Okay. People who are applying for scholarships will, will be able, hopefully be able yes. to do that. Find awesome. SPE on TikTok. All right. I'm going <laughs> to do the final questions. We actually had a huge list of questions that I, I didn't even get to. It, I know. It's massive. If you guys ever want to do a part two, yeah. we're open. <laughs> All right. We're available. First, uh, final question. Um, what great habit, what great daily habits do you have? And that's for both of you. So each of these questions are going to be both for you, both of you. Oh, pretty much none. <laughs> I'm a wreck. Coffee is a great daily habit. Um, I make sure I get that. 
Um, I usually try and do like five, 10 minutes of like, I either try and like walk or, you know, just do like a quick, I'm going to say exercise video. I want you to know that that term is used very loosely, <laughs> but just like, just do like a couple minutes, like by yeah. myself. I try. It doesn't. Lindsay's the rare breed of people who like does that power lifting. She's a she's a crossfitter who doesn't say that she's a crossfitter. Oh. Like she's the unicorn. She's the unicorn. Okay. That's, I just shoot for unicorn and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so you got great shoulders under this uh, lovely blouse. <laughs> I, I do actually. She does. She Excellent. Does. She's uh yeah. I would say my 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 best daily habit is um our our three way text group that we have with another woman in the industry. Nice. Um, and it's, and it's important that it's three people, I think, cause Lindsay and I would for a long time, like text each other, but then you get busy. We're like with in the molding room where you really have to use both hands, like, you know, mm -hmm. on the machinery and we can't always respond to each other. And it's been really, really beneficial and really powerful for me where like you need to get a response from somebody who, who gets it, you know, uh. being, yeah. And, and so that's been my best, not we're, we're daily habit. We're power trio. We're yeah. power trio. So yeah, she was just promoted. The other person was just. Uh, <laughs> can we say her name? We can say her name. Yeah, Laura Huge Meyer. Promotion. Yeah. Big, who, big who not not so long ago she was on the phone with me saying she wasn't an engineer type. Ah, so three ways are better because then we you don't lose momentum or drop the ball. <laughs> yeah, and the, the other person can always sub in. Yeah. Okay. You always need a sub. Just <laughs> jump right in. <laughs> and I and I would say that my best weekly habit is is having a, a weekly ten to fifteen minute one on one with each team member of mine. Mm, it ah, has yeah. improved my company. Like weekly tenfold. habit, I I text three people in the industry and tell them why I'm thankful for them. And I think I it's uh, little, oh. but it's been it's been really nice to see. To let people know they're appreciated. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. All right, I, should I didn't start do that. this because I was I overslept. <laughs> <laughs> All right, said daily. Next question: What do you know or think of cryptocurrency? Same I am would <laughs> what you would think of as um, cryptocurrency challenged or. Mm. Illiterate gotcha. or yeah, it's okay to I, not I know, know. Yeah, I know Bitcoin and isn't there like Dogecoin or whatever? Dogecoin, yeah, yep. Dogecoin. See, yeah. there we go. I know. But what do, I but what do you think of it? But what do you think of it? Oh, the question was. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. What do you think I, about I mean, it? Sound again. It with like all financial things sounds like it'd probably be good if I looked into it, but I don't know. Mm. I don't have time. I'm too tired. You're busy momming. I'm busy uh, oh, engineering. Yeah. First, that takes up the majority of the time. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just and think. Of, I just think of parenting as such a draining and difficult task, uh, on top of a career, is 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 difficult. I can't even fathom it, personally. And 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 <laughs> and like endless and like our generation too, with our parents living longer and all these like dementia and Alzheimer issues, mm -hmm. like. It's the sandwich generation, they call it, right? Mm. Where you're, you're, you know, dealing with multiple kids and Fuck like, sandwich. <laughs> uh, yeah, shit sandwich. So Mercedes, um, you're saying you don't know much about crypto or you're, you're, well, I mean, I, so, so, so when, when you talk about currency, um, it, it started as basically a voucher for taxes. Like it's like, you know, so, and I mean, like really that's what it is, right? Like, so it's based on like paying the government back. So the benefit of, of cryptocurrency is you're, you don't have to pay anyone back, but 
as with my opinion of cryptocurrency is like, you know, if you're talking about like, I said, my first thing that I said was like, same shit, just be, if you're talking about trading, right? Uh, like, so that's a historian. You just watch the trends. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, you know, um, but so, so that's the, the big benefit of cryptocurrency is that um, it's not a, a voucher for taxes, basically. It's not, oh. you know, I mean, the IRS it's not definitely an IOU. Wants, it's not an IOU. The IRS definitely wants to tax yeah. you on it, though. <laughs> if you make capital gains, they want to tax you. Yeah. It's on all their forms now. <laughs> if you ever have questions about cryptocurrency, I love it. I could talk for hours. I've, I've done podcasts on strictly just uh, cryptocurrency. I love it. I think it's the future. The decentralization is a, a, a beautiful set of code or technology that I think is going to have a paradigm shift on the world on how how everything we, we see things. I'm so a little. If I were bit... to get you a gift, it would be about cryptocurrency. Yes. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yes. The uh, the autobiography of like uh, oh there was there was a documentary made about um or no no it was like I listened to it on um maybe it was like uh, this American Life or something. Uh -huh. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was, but this <laughs> this wild story where it's like yes I think it was this American Life where they were start trying to start a cryptocurrency. And like putting the phones in the microwave and stuff like that in this hotel room and stuff, you know, like. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It wasn't This American Life because I would have heard it. <laughs> okay. Um, maybe it was Radiolab. Would you dare besmirch Glass? All right. Next. Uh, next question. What's the biggest problem for humans? What should they do to fix it? Biggest problem for humans. Littering. <laughs> not plastic. Not the... <laughs> People littering plastic. <laughs> I would, I would say not listening. Just to, I would say in general, just not listening. Um, not, not in regards to plastic, but I mean, any like, listen, like we, we, Lindsay and I both work in, in technical fields and, and, um, and my feeling is that we, we, we get consumed with this, like, okay, it's this technical problem, it's this technical problem, but like truth is like you come up with a solution to this technical mm -hmm. problem, but like, then you can't make it up be, like in the ranks because it'll get shot down because of a human problem. Uh, but yeah. same thing, like, listen, I'm, I'm divorced. I'm dealing with, um, you know, parenting agreements and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, like it's all of our biggest problems are actually human engineering. And so much of that is actually listening and, uh. and, uh, and, uh, our own, our own ego, right? Like recognizing when, and this is actually something that John Ratzliff, one of our, our male mentors taught mm -hmm. me is like, recognizing the ego not just the person you're talking because that's what you first want to do you want to say oh it's it's this person like this person's ego that i have to yeah. uh, soothe or sidestep but you have to realize okay is this problem real or is it just my ego acting up yeah. um so and, and listening is a huge it's it's really hard to listen it's Which, really really hard to listen i know i'm the one with the time limit here but you know part of mercedes you coming into the industry it was a real initial you know threat to my ego mm. there being someone else doing something like me you know it, it was a threat to my uniqueness and you know my my ability to stand out in this industry where i was already feeling like i was being you know yeah. kind of shuttered or hidden away um but i think this is gonna sound real it's beautiful you've never she's never told me this before but i think putting my <laughs> ego aside like a champion human um i think that allowed us to become a stronger force than if i were to be on some you know level of comp 
unhealthy competition with yeah. you, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, we have competition. We have very healthy competition where we are comparing our, like, like Lindsay was promoted to, or Lindsay got like vice president of, of uh, in, in SPE. And then awesome. I convinced my boss to promote me to vice, vice president. She bought a house. I bought a condo, like, you yeah. know, I had a third she, had a, she had a third kid, I'm in the third process. kid. <laughs> <laughs> right That's going to be a whole process. Like, like, listen, like, um, but that's, that's beautiful. You never told me that. And it's like, and at the same time, I felt like the little, whatever it is, like in the, those cartoons, like from Looney Tunes, with the, I was a little chihuahua and you were the massive bulldog. And I'm like, Hey, want to hang out with me? I was like, I see that you um, like drinking beer and you played viola and um, I uh, play guitar and I love crap beer and I, I bartended in this place in San Francisco with ace crap beers on top of where it was a thing and can we hang out? Like, you know, <laughs> like that was like, I was just so, so like, I knew. Yeah. Well, and, and to me, it was the opposite. It was, God, she is like already like making such a splash and making such an entrance. Like, what have I been doing? Sitting on my ass all these years? And like, <laughs> An answer was yes, but uh, <laughs> you're doing plastic things. Well, well the, the thing that was, I felt like the biggest like flattery that you, that you gave me was like uh, when when we did like a a, a thing for uh, Plastic Engineering Magazine, like that interview, and you said um, that like part of that Nemesis relationship, which we which we still have, is like you you sometimes ask yourself, oh, would Mercedes take this on? Would she do it? Oh, if she would do it. All right, yeah. I'm gonna get off my ass and do it, you know. And that, and, and you know, let's say, like, I, I wasn't gonna fucking buy a condo, but Lindsay bought a house, and I was like, all right, shit, okay, <laughs> you know. Well, as a realtor, I would say you both made a great move. <laughs> you yeah. want to own your, you want to own your primary residence if you can. There we go. Yeah, that's good. All right, Lindsay, <laughs> did you answer the? Uh, is that part of or your answer for the? What's the biggest problem for humans? Mercedes. I think, I mean, I said a plastic uh, answer, but I'm going to stand by it, even though Mercedes yeah. is oh, okay. and, heat and all that shit. But I think the misunderstanding of plastics is, is a big detriment to a lot of people and a lot of facets of people. That's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next question. What's your favorite food? Burgers. Burgers. Like plain hamburger? Well, no, it's gotta be a, a delicious one. Would you get a but like mushroom bacon western bacon uh, western barbecue burger? Well, like I can be wowed by like a good bun and like just you know a simple <laughs> cheeseburger with like one pickle and some ketchup, but it's gotta be mm, okay. <laughs> the Got best it. pickle slice ever. Best pickle slice. <laughs> so like pretty much, if you're gonna say we're having burgers, I'm in. Nice. Um. Probably chilaquiles. Chilaquiles. What are? I'm ignorant. What What is that? Uh, chilaquiles. It's just like um. It's kind of like familiar. a. It's a. It's like a. It's a, a Mexican breakfast food. Like you take like some tortilla strips, um, some eggs. Like you you can put them in any way. Like it doesn't have to be scrambled. You can throw in like whatever you want, but it's like Mexican breakfast. Oh okay. We're gonna look it up. Awesome. All right. <laughs> last question. Think of at least two friends that should do this conversation. Call them out. Laura. Mm. Laura would be a good one. Is she a three-way girl? She is. Okay. 
Sorry, that was the terriblest way to put that. Is she the <laughs> is she the other Titanic? Awesome, is she the other fantastic woman that is on your? I feel like group? I feel like I feel like she and she like is still. It's hard for women in this industry, especially who come up through yeah. plastic engineering school. She doubts herself. She's uh, all of our all of the professors. Do you know? I know two professors that are women in our industry. Mm. I know. Well, we we overlappingly know. Aaron Kinney. Aaron, um, Meg, Meg, so yeah, she would be great. Um, and Allison Rhodes at Penn State, she is at Baron. Yeah, she's a yeah, genius. Her. Cool. And her um, research assistant Annie. Well, actually, that's probably a super insult to Annie because Annie is. I don't know what her real title is now. I know she's only teaching like one class mm. and like doing majority of her time research, but she. I mean, they go they go deep. They got a. Uh, NSF grant for Penn State, which is like, I guess, super hard and yeah, like the realm they were pitching it in. I don't know. It was yeah. a big deal. I like where this is going. We just talked to a uh, was it synthetic meat dude? Our last podcast, we talked with a guy that mm. is growing lab grown meat. So that's mm. future stuff. All right. I I, I would say I would say um, Christine Femia who. I know that you're threatened by her because she's like my other friend that I text constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> uh, she, she's, a, she's a college friend of mine and she, she's she the is the one when you talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, she's the one who, who enlightened me to the role of human resources. So she, you know, we, we went to Sarah Lawrence together and she, she stayed in, in Brooklyn and, um, she worked for a very big um, healthcare company, um, and now she she's since moved on from that company. But she was like human resources director, and mm. um, during the the pandemic, she had to lay off. She and her another oh. coworker of hers had to lay off two hundred and fifty people uh, oh. over the course of uh, two weeks. Oh, and, mm. and 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 it, it enlightened me to the fact that like. HR is the part that really builds the culture of the company, and it's the mm. unsung hero. And we just like. Like shit really, on it all the time. <laughs> yeah, and, like, oh, HR. and listen, there, there are a lot of, and, and HR is really re relegated to that a lot, you know, yeah. but when you really like, uh, you know, uh, when, when you put, make that person like the most, when you give that person the credit, it's like, God, what they can do for your company. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, not God. I can add that part out. Yahweh five, or five minutes. Oh, shit. oh that should, okay. Five yes. Minutes. Well, first, first a very silly kind of pressing Vegas. Have you guys ever been to a 51s game? No, it uh, it was only a year or two before pandemic, so it was one of those things where it was kind of on the list to do and just never quite got around to it. But it's a beautiful ballpark, and everybody Is it really? loves. Yeah, everybody loves the experience. And I would uh, think it would be awful, like being in outside in like Nevada. But I think it's the most hilarious. Like, and and I love like my favorite is like for ba I love baseball, as you know. Yeah. Um, but like minor league teams, like uh -huh. like really give it their all. Like it's not. Because they're trying to get in the major. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's fun, too. Like, because also, yeah. like, a lot of times, but, it, but it's, like, hilarious, too. It's, like, 51s, because Area 51s and their mascot is an alien, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, um, it, it, it was pretty popular. Well, so the Golden Knights made a huge splash here, the hockey team, because oh. prior to that, Vegas didn't have any sports teams. Just just a sports betting town with no teams, and we had, it's a, a huge, growing city. So, you know, we hit a million people, and now we're closer to two million people. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's it's a big city and no sports, so 
Uh, when hockey showed up, uh, strangely in the middle of the desert, people became instant hockey fans. It's and air conditioned. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think with the fifty ones, you know, there's obviously the summers are brutal if it's you know yeah. one hundred and ten out. But you know, there's a lot of times when it's not one hundred and ten. So if it's if it's ninety in the shade, you're probably all right to hang out and have a beer. And you know, I'm not gonna say you get used to it, but it's <laughs> the you, 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 it's like you get acclimated. I'm like Ooh. a little. Well, it's not humid. I'm like, like it's very hot in Chicago. It's like maybe yeah. 80 today. So there's less humidity here, so it makes it a little different. Um, but it's a dry heat, as they yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's obviously you want to go when the weather's nice, but <laughs> uh, people seem to love it. So I, it's on my list of activities to, to do. And, and because it's minor league, it's not super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so my, and that was just like my icebreaker question. I wanted to get into, cause, cause what you said about like, um, relations between the U.S. and Vietnam had been cut off for how yeah. long? Uh, well, since the end of the Vietnam War, 1975, wow. 76, yeah. Because, uh, you know, in, in preparation for this podcast, and, and I think that, that Liam, you had mentioned um, uh, Viet, what was it, Viet? Some Viet? As a, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, some Viet. Yeah, some Viet, old... some Viet, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. And I was like, oh, gosh, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, and, you know, I, I'd watch some, you know, the clips and stuff like that and, and everything. And I was like, well, this is, anyway, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip past all that. It reminded me, like, I had this experience one of my times when I was, because I lived abroad quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, Austria and Germany and um, and Russia. Oh, wow. And I remember I was, I was teaching. You need to do a podcast a, just on that. <laughs> well, I was, I remember teaching a class and I forget if it was, because I felt like I was so, you know, you, I think it must have been in Russia, actually. Yeah. Where, um, listen, I am from San Francisco. Like, I, I, you know, like my, I call my home base, like North Beach, like where my, my childless aunt lives. It was like kind of my mom. Yeah. Um, which is like right next door to Chinatown. Like, it's like she gets all her produce from Chinatown. Um, so it's not like I, I had never, I didn't have interaction with Asians. I, I studied, you know, Japanese right. in college and everything like that. And, but like, I, yes. And then I, it was in Russia. Yeah. Because I suddenly like, when I was like learning about my students, like tell me a little bit more about yourselves. Uh And, um, and then this, this woman, you know, at the college where I was teaching, she was like, I'm from Vietnam. And I like, like, like my stomach dropped. Right. I was like, I felt like Mm. I immediately had to apologize to this person. Mm. And it's, and it, not even like, like I was super, I wasn't a history major, you know, like yeah. I wasn't, you know, but I was immediately like, Oh yeah, there's, this is, you know, and she didn't have that at all. She, I mean, I'm like, okay, tell me, tell me what it's like. And she's like, Oh, you know, the, the thing that I remember most is she's like big bicycle culture. Like, you know, we have like, yeah. instead of bus stops, we have bicycle, bicycle stops and like, you know, things like that. And it's like, I'm moving to Chicago. There's actually, you know, decent number there's there's um um you know little vietnam or i don't know what they call it yeah like my yeah. kids have like one of the first like their fa- first favorite foods is banh mi like you know yeah. like mm. but like but like that's all new like and and that's and it's weird because it's like bon, like listen like i brought banh mi to my girlfriend when she was like painting her house the other day yeah. right and it's like such a part of like it's regular now like but i i when some for some reason when i heard some viet i was like Ooh, this was an experience I had, and this would have been 2000, it was my first year in Russia, 2000, 
two. Yeah. And and then I it was like this is the first person I've met from Vietnam that I knew was from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And and it was like shit, you know. I don't have that reaction now going in and buying banh mi. Mm-hmm. But like what is it like? I mean, you guys probably are mistaken for Chinese or, or Filipino, like I said, yeah. like you know, like and and tell me tell me about being Vietnamese in the United States. I think uh on a on a individual level, it, I mean, it really comes down just, uh, like the racism thing is just, you're going to meet some good people and some, uh, not so good people. And you're going to meet some people that are ignorant, whether they chose to be or not to, whether it was their fault or not, if that makes sense. Meaning some people that naturally go out and try to understand other cultures, or even if they're, if they're just more open to different foods, different cultures. Uh, one thing that I, 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 um, argue with Emmett, uh, I say, when you say food is gross, if, if, for example, oysters, if you don't like oysters and she's like, oh, that's fucking gross. To that me, can be tremendously insulting. Yeah, exactly. If it's like, yeah, it's like that person. No, no offense. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm they, not offended. It's those, I, I would say if you're smart enough to be able to break down the levels of intellect that gets to that point, meaning someone had to be fortunate enough to live in a life in America where they never ever had to eat oysters. So now they've had a chance to go to college and whatnot and be very educated and have opportunities that that's very privileged. I'll, I'll say privilege in the sense that in America, we all are privileged. Um, yeah, definitely. There are, I mean, I guess there are some people that are a little bit less fortunate, but that's a different topic. It, but even, even the less fortunate people are way more yeah. fortunate than yeah. like if you've, yeah. if you've been, yeah. 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 So anyways, yeah, I guess I, I went on a tangent. I think people, if you have the mindset to be open and try to understand and empathize or sympathize. Um, so as for me growing up in um, San Diego, San Diego, California, then living in Las Vegas for the last nine years. Um, I, I Racism, I don't think is that big of a thing for me. I, I don't know. I, I do have... Uh, Earlier when you and uh, Lindsay were talking about being women in a male dominant industry, my perspective on being a short Asian male in Mm. in America, um, I don't know. It's hard for me to decipher how much height or how much is the the, having the face of an Asian affects Mm -hmm. my salary and my my um, career opportunities. Mm I I'm pretty vocal about it and about I feel like some of my career opportunities, I see other tall white friends that get promotions and I'm like, I feel like we're of equal uh, competence in IT. And, and if anything, I've had some friends where I feel like I'm way better in programming or whatever that compared to what they do in their salary. And, but yeah. And even you look at like the statistics of like CEOs, like majority of CEOs yeah. are like over six. Yeah. yeah. Tall white dudes. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but not, but okay. Like the racism thing aside, because that's an important question, I, and and I like, yeah, because it's it's in it's a different animal for for um, Asian Americans than it is for other minorities in the United States, mm-hmm. and it's important to talk about. But but I'm talking about more like the history, oh, like because oh. there is a dirty dirty yeah, history between yeah, yeah. Vietnam and the U.S. So like, do you feel like that affects you at all? Like, are you like honestly, if if I I. I I'm like, if I were in your shoes, like, I'm like, like, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. Do you think about that? There's, uh, I wonder if this answers your question a little bit. Um, for me, 
when I think about my dad being in the Vietnam War and then the, his story, like it, it, to me, it sounds crazy. He, his story is, uh, I'll try to make it quick. Uh, no, no, I have all the time in the world to talk about this. Yeah. Like this is more important than Historical all the plastics. Interest. Like, <laughs> he was human interest, human interest. Yeah. He was uh, in, his family was in Saigon, South, South, uh, South Vietnam. He joined the army for the U.S. side. And then so as America's in Vietnam, Amer- Americans don't know how to look at Vietnamese and, and even decipher who is of northern mental um, uh, communist yeah. views and who is, who is more democratic and on the American side. And so even his family, they had to be fearful knowing that his, their, uh, his mom's, or how I would say, so he joined the military. So his brothers and sister and his mom have to be worried that if they say that they have someone in the military, if some North Korean spy comes through North Vietnamese, North Vietnamese. Oh, oh, I said Korean. Um, I I it's it's, it's the same shit. Like, I mean, I lived in Russia and it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't live in Russia during communism, but like I lived in Russia with like people who live yeah. that. And yeah. it's like every like people whose parents both work for KGB and then FSB mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't the parents didn't even know that they both worked. And the, and during like the last mm. like after after like well, they kept it, it was dissolved. secret from each other. Yeah. Wow. And they only found yeah. out during Glasnost when everything was exposed. And it was like, yeah. oh shit, you were doing, oh, oh, like, oh yeah. And then she was like, oh yeah, my job was like to be, because I was multilingual. I was like on trains. My yeah. job was just take notes on all the foreigners, like, and, and overhear their conversations. Oh, my job was like, I, I, you know, when I was going to work, I, you know, in the, in the plant, I was actually like listening to every conversation, you know, oh, like, yeah. it was like, you know, yeah. um, yes. and, and, and even, you know, and even the, like, a my Khazaka, like host mom, whatever, her, was it her dad or father-in-law was like, he, I, he had died before I met him, but it was like, he had the experience where he would just like, they would tell me the story and, and, and the grandchild would tell me the story too, where he would just like pick up the phone anytime before he made a call and wait and hear a clip, like he would like, and they were like, oh, he's paranoid, right? Yeah. He was, a, and he was a poet. Like that was his profession was he was a poet. Like yeah. He was an artist, right? And, um, and that's very like highly watched, right? Yeah. Um, and highly regarded too at the same time. Um, meanwhile, doctors were like shit in Russia. <laughs> like, I was, I was like, I'm dating a, I, like I came home one day, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going on a date with a doctor. And they're like, mm, you know? <laughs> doctors suck here. <laughs> they're like, like, you should like see like a journalist, like a writer, like maybe find like, you know, but, um, so, so, it, so anyway, so he was a poet and so he would like, he would, but the best story was like, you know, he would like, and they all thought he was crazy. Like, no, they're not listening to you anymore. You're an old man. You're not even producing art anymore. You're not writing. Uh-huh. And then like, and one day, like he got so mad at my host mom. This is before she was my host mom. Like, he, was, he was like, he got, like, he was swearing and stuff like that. And then they're like, which is very bad in Russia. It's, yeah. it's not, Russians use it more in here, but like in Russia, it's very bad. The uh-huh. swear words. And and then there was like suddenly a voice on the telephone being like, Matam ni nada. like you don't need to like use these swear words. Like, and they were like, Oh shit. Watch like, your he's like, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, so it's like and it's so I that was an interruption. Same shit. Like, yes, you can call it like uh, North Korea, South Korea, you know, white Russia, like red Russia, like yeah, I get it. I get it. So continue with story. So then please. he uh 
on the night of uh, 1975 when the the war the war ended so he went to his brothers and sisters from my understanding and and, mo- and his mom and said tomorrow i'm going to go to this beach there's supposed to be a boat that's going to take us i don't know i can't verify i don't know if i'm going to make it um i'm going to be there at 4 a.m and whoever shows up brothers sisters you guys could come with he shows up on the beach the next morning and no one's there and he, I, I don't know if he, I, I forget the, the tell, I, I try to piece this story together because my dad, it's not, he just, he always goes on tangents. I can't get his direct story from him. It is impossible. I don't know. I can't. So I try to piece this. Because it's too emotional too. It's um, like, I'm he's, like. He's, uh, he's fortunately one of the few, or I would say, uh, I would, I've had, I have, I think some friends, family, aunts, uncles that are more affected. He's not as affected negatively. So it's just his, he's just, but, but, but maybe, but maybe he's not showing it, you know, uh, cause I see, th- I see that with my, you know, with my grandfather who's passed, but like mm-hmm. he didn't ever show a thing. And then like all, all he would show is anger, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and at one point I was, I was asking my dad, I was like, why is he, why mm. is he so mean? Like as a little kid, I was like, why is he so mean? And he's like, Hey, my dad is a very, you know, empathetic person. He's like, you know, some people just don't know how to be sad mm-hmm. and they, they'll, it'll play out in different ways in them. And, and so unfortunately his is anger. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So my, I, I don't remember if he, if my dad learned about this after or before, meaning his brother, his, uh, one brother or I think two brothers said that, well, they got girlfriends and they're serious about it, about getting married. So that they're not going to mm-hmm. go with my dad to the boat. Um, his, I think older, his older sister said, no, I'm, I'm, she's mentally more North, uh, Vietnamese mentally. Okay. So like, I'm not like, and so the boat was going to the U S or yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so she's Uh, like, fuck that. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, I forget, um, the younger, I forget the answer of the younger aunt. And then, so then he went by himself. He, had no one. I, I can imagine. That's so hard yeah, to be go, so alone. Because, I mean, you got to, uh, the other thing that's crazy is in his shoes, he, he's dead if he stays. North, North Vietnamese are going to come capture him, put him in some jail cell, torture him. He, he's, he, to him, it's, if it's he, re-education. Yeah, yeah. So he's dead if he, if he doesn't go. He's, he's, he's thinking he's probably in his mind, he had some like maybe 20% chance this boat is actually for real and he's going to make it to America. He had no idea. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, as I'm telling the story, like I feel that the, the, I try to put my, myself in his shoes and it's, I can't, I can't fathom like the pain on all sides of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and just like having to leave, like, I, I feel like in the U S like we don't have it's a little bit different. Like there, it is like first gen, maybe second gen families who are like that, like where you have like the three generations living together in a household where you have like, and, but like in a lot, a lot of like us families, it's like, okay, they turn 18 and then they go move mm-hmm. across the country. Like you don't have the close relationships where like families, everything, you know? Yeah. And I feel like with a lot of people outside of the United States, a lot of immigrants to the United States, that's what breaks my heart about that story is like, my goodness, like he shows, I mean, the most important part for me of that story is like he shows up and he's alone on the beach mm-hmm. and it's like, he's alone. Like this is going to be my future mm-hmm. and I'm just going to have to make it work. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he tells me 
Um, I'm just, I'm getting emotional too, just thinking of his, his journey. Um, he says he, he went to um, Philippines. So I guess it was a military boat, I guess, because I think they docked mm-hmm. in Philippines for a while. And then he, mm-hmm. he got over to Chicago, I think, afterwards, I think. I might be okay, wrong. Yeah. Um, now, the, he said um, it was 20, about 20 years later until he got the, had money and funds to phone back home or send a letter. So his mom didn't know, uh, his family didn't know if he was alive for 20 years. Wow. They didn't, like... Did the boat sink? Did he get captured? Did, wow. Yeah. And so, so are you in touch with with, with the, your dad's family? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, one of the beautiful things, I think, uh, uh, something that made me tear up uh, a little bit, um, last trip to Vietnam, I uh, got closer to one of his younger sister, my aunt, just to get stories and ask about um, um, just the history of, of the Vietnam War and stuff. And was she the more like a um, uh, socialist minded one or she was? Uh, no, but she was her. like, she was like, I'm falling in love. I can't. <laughs> she, this one was, uh, she ended up married. I don't know. I'm guessing she was younger. So she probably didn't meet this guy uh, till later after the Vietnam War. But she did end up marrying this younger sister did end up marrying like a social. Um, I don't know if to call him a socialist minded person. I don't know if that's a better term or communist-minded person um, because when I met when I uh, asked her to have dinner at her place because I wanted to talk to her and ask her some of the her inside stories of what happened then in 1975 until until now mm-hmm. um, one of the things I asked her was so my dad um, was very mm, what's the word I want to say um, he was very strict with me and my brother growing up as in physically abu- uh, physically reprimanding I don't want to use the word abuse because Ca- in- capital capital punishment because right. um, in America, <laughs> or I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> like not on the head, but like on the body. Yeah, yeah. Um, in America, we we, uh, we protect children quite a bit. I don't. I, I don't. And more and more, this generation does. Yeah. Previously, yeah. but yeah. but I mean, for sure, like my grandfather like used the belts and stuff like that. Like it was the that was like different times. Yeah, yeah. So or chancla, chancla, like. <laughs> <laughs> With we what we used to call ourselves Hispanics, like we're always like learning, like what are we called now? Are we oh we're yeah. Latinas or Latinx? Like no, like I don't like why do we have to keep like being under this umbrella? Yeah. Right. Um and but chancla is like a real thing. Oh, mm. palo, wooden spoon. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's real. It's real. Yeah. So so, I, <laughs> so anyway, so asked, so your dad asked, was strict. Yeah. So I asked my aunt, is that is that something my dad was or is that something Vietnam culture carried into him? Mm. And she's all She's all, look, listen, or uh, not listen, think back to 1975. Think back before that. It was a poor country. If you had a little bit of rice, you were rich. If you had a little bit of food, you were rich. So a pro- mm-hmm. she said, her, she said uh, back then, uh, if a kid did something, say, I don't know, played at home, broke a, say broke a door, just what if, of course the parent's going to come home and beat the living shit out of the kid because they have no money. That kid was goofing off and broke something that cost money, and they have no money to begin, get, begin with. They have no food. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I said, well, what about your kid? And then what about Uncle? They do it by numbers. So Uncle Six, she's, she's aunt number nine. So I mm-hmm. said, what about Uncle Six and your kid? Um, Uncle Six and his, his grandkids and your kid. I see you guys love your kids. That's something, is that something Western culture brought? Or is that what happened? She's like, well, after 1975, things got better. We had food. So then we could... 
um, we could love our children even more and not have to hit them because they did something bad. It wasn't survival. It was about mm. something else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's something I see in, in Russia where like you see it in people's faces, mm. like people who, and, and when I was there, gosh, it's the last year I was there was 2005 probably, which is yeah. like now, like it's crazy. It was so long ago, but it was like, you know, you can see it's, it's just a different, different face, different outlook on life. The people who live for survival yeah, yeah, and you don't, and you don't see it in, in the United States mm-hmm. that that face, I mean, you guys have seen it, right? Like yeah. it's like, well, this is the only place on earth that has overweight homeless people. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't exist anywhere else. My goodness. When I was, I remember like, uh, when I worked, uh, in Fishman's Wharf, and I, I would walk back home to, um, do you guys know the Bay Area at all? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So it's not like a big walk, like Fishman's Wharf to North Beach. Like, it was just like a handful of blo- like seven, yeah. eight blocks. And um, and so I had like a burger or something, like, and I was walking home, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, homeless person asked me and for money. I was like, no, but you can have this food. And he was like, uh, what is it? And I was like, oh, it's, it's a burger. He was like, oh, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> yeah <laughs> beggars can be choosers <laughs> i was like literally like yeah. the you know and, and it's i mean it sucks too because it's like everybody should have their own values and their own standards but like that's what we think yeah. of too it's i mean it, it's like yeah i mean you're absolutely right like we're the we're the only country that has like it's a weird thing and, and then you and then you look at russia where it's like they literally don't have homeless people like they can't like you have to have a home right because yeah. otherwise you'll freeze to death right yeah you're not gonna make it you have you have bums i guess you would call them like what we, like yeah but but it's different right and yeah. so so but emma like do you i mean because we, we, were, we were talking but like what is your experience of i just feel like the weight of i think what are you of a, of a war that like that like yeah. Americans have no confidence somehow. Like I grew up, I grew up thinking that that we had won the Vietnam War. Like you know, like yeah. like which is like I mean, winning a war is a, a, a misconception on its own. But like, yeah. but like, I I knew somehow like not knowing about Vietnam at all. It was just like when I saw this woman, she said she was from Vietnam, and it was like impacted me. Where I was like, so I grew you... up around a ton of Asian people, but yeah. when I heard Vietnam, I was like, shit. I'm at fault here. I I need to say sorry to this woman. You know. Do, do you feel some weight of the U.S. having been the oppressor and an atrocity and a? Do you see it in a negative way? Is that what that's coming from? I feel a ton of guilt about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I mean so I I certainly have an interest in it. You know, uh, based on my parents, um, and I've studied it a little bit here and there. It wasn't until recently that you could find out much. You know, so being 44 when I was younger, wasn't like you could pick up relevant books or anything or, or learn about it very easily. Um, that, uh, recent Ken Burns documentary that it's like, uh, it would take you a month to finish it, but it's more than you ever wanted to know about the Vietnam war. Mm. Um, that does a pretty good job of laying out the facts and the causes and the, the lead up of why the U S is there. I, d- I did. Yeah. What, I don't know. I didn't know what's that unfold. Oh, I think it's just called the Vietnam war. It's by Ken Burns. It was a and PBS. I, 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 he has good stuff, but yeah, it like goes on like many yeah. episodes. Yeah. So it's super long. Uh, if you just watch the first couple, it'll tell you why we started, why, why it began. 
Um, well, I, I watched a documentary that was actually about Robert McNamara. Mm-hmm. And and the, my biggest piece that I was like, oh shit, like what he said, I mean, a fascinating guy, right? Like, yeah. Um, and, and it's ironic because he worked for General Motors and he was the one who implemented the seatbelt. So he saved so many lives, right? Yeah. And, and his like reflection and his biggest regret was like, uh, many years later, he got together with like the foreign secretary or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he was like, Mr. McNamara. Yeah. Like you were fighting for this. Americans were fighting for this and that. You don't understand what the Vietnamese, what was actually important to us. You don't understand. Yeah. Like it was like completely different. And that's what I see with, with manufacturing, actually bringing it back to what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's why I wanted to say like, cause even like, I mean, listen, I've only spent a handful of days in China when yeah. it comes down to it. But like, but even understanding like they're feeling this pressure, they have, you can say they have different values, but ultimately humans all want the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We're, we're the same, we're the same species. Like, and, and, and people say, oh, it's different values and like, you know, you know, intellectual property, like, which is very different in the United States, yeah. and, you know, um, but like when it comes down to it, it's like, and, and, and it was really beautiful to hear Robert McNamara talking about like, this is like his biggest regret is like, we didn't understand yeah. what the Vietnamese actually wanted. It was actually, he's like, we were fighting like to maintain our country, our, Correct. our identity, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, or it wasn't, and that's the saddest thing about, and why, why I call it like the cold war too. That's a cold war. Um, well, so to, uh, 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 aftershock just because I'm yeah. like uh, so, a Californian, like, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So to address your question, um, it's a lot of that is lost in the next generation that the generation mm. that lived that war is, is dying. My dad just died May, May 2nd. So, oh, I'm so um, sorry. Yeah. I mean, he had a great run, so we're, we're lucky to have had him so long, but that, that generation that lived that experience is disappearing. The next generation, like you said, doesn't, doesn't know that conflict. They don't know the motives. They don't know the intentions. They don't know the, the, the struggle. Even in Vietnam, everybody's got moped and a cell phone and they're, they're looking towards a future and a new modern life. And so it's, it's, it's history that is evaporating. Um, but I don't think it's all negative. Um, the, so my dad's job uh, mm. was to go look for PWMIAs to find missing Americans from the Vietnam War in the early 90s. So the wow. that, yeah, so there's a big lobby for that in Washington. Wow. That's a that's a that's a that is like a straight up PTSD job. <laughs> well, he found, it, like, he found it super therapeutic cuz he had guilt and regrets and he felt wow. this is a good thing I can do and this is this totally noble and helps everybody and nobody's against this. And so he was one of the oh. first. Yeah. One it's, of the f- it's like, it's actually the opposite of a PTSD job. It's like, this is how I can deal with the trauma of, and yeah. this is how I can. Yeah. It's wow. the proudest thing he did. So, um, wow. but he went to Vietnam when there were no Americans in Vietnam, there was no embassy, there's no, uh, consulate. So he's connecting with communist, you know, government officials and, mm-hmm. and, and reconnecting to that world. Um, and, they, so here's here's the best answer to your question is they, in getting to know him, their job is to watch him, make sure he's not doing anything he ain't supposed to do, right? But you travel with some dudes for weeks, they get to trust you and they know you, right? And they say, you know what, yeah. we get it now. 
uh, we understand what America was trying to do. You know, Russia sent us guns and sent us weapons, and America sent us their children. So which side was right? We'll never know, but we, we see the intentions were good. Um, so even in Vietnam, they get it. Uh, that's, and, that's, that's very kind. Yeah. That's very kind. But, you know, I the, don't, the South yeah. definitely was fighting against the North. If, if these other powers didn't exist, there was conflict between it, within the country, right? So it's not entirely this evil thing that America perpetrated on Vietnam. So it's, it's complex, but there's a lot of uh, conflicting interests, conflicting motivations. Um, and so now Vietnamese people, having seen when people leave Vietnam, where do they go? They go to the U.S. What do they do? They send back money. That doesn't sound mm -hmm. terrible, right? Are they complaining about the U.S.? Does anybody ever leave the U.S. and go back to Vietnam? Does anybody leave the U.S. and try to go to Russia? You know, so it's you. You see the proof in the pudding of what is good is what is bad. Well, well, that's 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 an interesting interesting question too. Like, yeah, why are are people not going back? You know, because it's like okay, I'm making more money here, but like, what can I? You know, this is this is uh, something that's like. Um, yeah. Uh, question that they're asking on on reservations now in the United States, right? Like it's like, yeah. um, you know, there there is like this, not even a trend yet, but like there's like there are some people who get educated, you know, from reservations who get educated by like, yeah. um, you know, uh, Ivy League universities, and it's like mm -hmm. really hard to get them back on the reservation. But the ones who do come back yeah. make amazing things happen, you know. Yeah. And so like, what I mean, I don't know, getting. <laughs> Crazy off topic, like. Well, so my 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 message to you is: don't feel that the Vietnam War was all bad. There was, it, it wasn't some sinister thing that the U.S. did. It was overall it was a good thing, uh, from my perspective, from from seeing my parents' lives and seeing uh, what I have seen of that nation. Um, I mean, it, it was worth the fight. You know, there was bad all around, but America did what they thought was right. America w had good intentions, so. Because this is this is after World War II and after Korean War, right? You see what happens when you let the bad guys win. So that's really how they saw it. You let well, the bad countries win. It's, it's this is. I'd like to well, use this, a, I like I like ahead. to use a North Korea, South Korea as a analogy to this. To um, if potentially if America would have won the Vietnam War, look at what happened to North Korea and South Korea. South Korea is a booming economy 40 years later yeah it's true massively booming economy and that could have happened to vietnam there that i mean vietnam was uh 20 uh 10 i forget 15 20 years after this korean war mm -hmm. so um america or, uh, vietnam would maybe would have been similar there would have been a north vietnam south vietnam maybe i'm just throwing out speculation yeah but that's um, another huge proof in the pudding like yeah hey, look yeah. at the results right now well it's, it, it's, it is it the proof of the pudding though? Like if, if Vietnam would have been separated, yeah, which is heartbreaking. Um, but if there would be North Vietnam and South Vietnam, would South Vietnam be where South Korea is now? I'm, I'm guessing it would. I, I don't, I don't have, I, I don't know how else, or I don't know how we quantify that, but, um, I mean, Vietnam's definitely manufacturing now. I mean, I yeah, think, bet you can find some clothes made in Vietnam. <laughs> so. Yeah. But I, I would imagine like wages in South Korea are way higher. Yeah, so, but that just goes downstream, right? So next they'll do electronics and cars. and Yeah, it's true. It's so true. everybody yeah. just follows Japan. 
because <laughs> they saw, hey, do you want to be like Japan? That looks great. Let's do that. <laughs> my my uh, thing, with, if, you're, if you um, are feeling bad not knowing about the Vietnamese history or whatnot, I, I honestly don't think you should feel bad. I think it's only if someone wants to tell you their story about their Vietnamese history or culture, if you turn, if you like turn your back, uh, didn't listen to them, I think that's when it starts to become, um, uh, a, there's a, a big negative effect from that. Meaning if you got Vietnamese living near you and you happen to hear their story, that's great. Um, but if you don't happen to know that story, that that's okay. That's not your fault. Like you don't have to go search the history of that, of that war, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. It's just as long as if someone happens to want to tell you their story and then maybe you should uh, hear it out. Um, another thing <laughs> would be if you judge someone, that's, that's a problem that I do see sometimes. Um, if someone were to judge, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, say, I, I'm just making something up. Say there's a white person seen some Vietnamese people, uh, say there's six people, uh, say eight. Why does it have to be a white person? (laughs) (laughs) Say there, there's uh, eight people in one house and they, from the outside, you probably, the the neighbor knows, well, that's probably a two bedroom house and there's eight people in there and that's a Vietnamese household. If that white person were to look at it or any other person, it it doesn't, it doesn't need to be white, like you said, but, um, they're, if they look down on it, if they look down on, that's the only thing that I would have a problem with. Try to go understand why they have eight people in one house. If, if you don't make fun of them, don't just don't say that, Oh, they, they freaking have eight people in one car. What the fuck? Like, don't, don't judge just, they're making $7 an hour. It takes eight of them to like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, well, one thing that, that, uh, that really, I felt like touched my soul when, when you were talking about it. And I, I was like, I need to just like, because you had to keep talking and tell the story. I didn't want to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. was when you talked about like tasting food and being like, oh, that's gross. And I, and I did say like, oh, that can be incredibly offensive. I listen, most like women in business, like love Oprah, right? Mm. Um, but I had, I'll like pun it up here and say a really bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. When I saw an episode of Oprah where she was tasting some like, I want to say it was Sala, like maybe Ukrainian food or something, but she was tasting like a delicacy and mm. she was like, Ugh, like, or it was like shark, bit, like something. It was something that like she wasn't used to. And I was like, like you're a fucking example for mm. like, and, and it was, it was like skinny Oprah. It wasn't like eighties Oprah. It was like, she was already, <laughs> like, she was already like, like O magazine was a thing. Like she was already, you know, the richest woman in America. And, and yeah. I don't want to hate on her because like, she is such like, does a lot of positive uh, uh, things. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, she's a reason like why, maybe why I have a job. Like, I don't know. Like, mm. but like, uh, but to see her, like immediate, I think it must have been Ukrainian Sala or something where it's, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I don't want to try that. And it's like, and I was like, Oprah, you're breaking my heart. Like you're supposed to be mm-hmm. like, and, and that's a whole other thing. We have expectations of somebody, but, but it's really offensive if you were rejecting a, a, a and to your point, Liam, like being empathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's just taste foods. And then like, if you don't like it, then just say you don't like it. You don't have to say it's gross because that starts to, the word gross is an offensive word that you're saying to your, that person's culture. Like, Hey, that food is gross. Just say, no, I don't like it. I, I'm, I don't want any more. 
I'm, mm-hmm. And actually, I mean, to some degree, I eat so many different foods. I actually say, I usually take it a step above and say, I know this is a part of your culture. I, I really wish I would like it. I really wish I would because I know this is tr- traditionally, culturally a big part of your culture. I wish I could enjoy it and understand part of your culture more, but I, it's just not for me. So, that, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's... And, and- Go ahead. Oh, to that point, the, 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 one of the guys that Lindsay and I, like a mentor to both of us, who's like the most, and, and it's helpful. Most of our mentors have daughters too. Mm. Um, and uh, in the industry, but this guy, John Ratzlaff has three daughters. And, um, and one of his experiences is telling us about, he was like uh, in China and they were like, like, like they were like hazing him. They were giving him like something like absolutely disgusting that even like locals hate to eat. It was just yeah. like some like 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 something like weird. Par, like part of the body that like yeah or part of the the animal's body that you don't and and uh, and he was like thank you so much I'm very honored that you will give me this because they were like here's a special thing we're giving to you yeah and they know that because he's so empathetic he'll eat it but he was just like this is in his mind he's like oh god I really don't want to do this <laughs> and he was just like thank you so much I'm so grateful to you that you're giving me this amazing thing. Um, and I want to, like, it's really the honor of, like, this, then, like, the local, like, most, like, high person. Like, he's like, and really, this gift should be to this person. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's disgusting. Like, they were, like, they were trying to trick him into eating it. Like, you know. Good move. But I mean, that, I mean, like, that's the best. Like, you have to, like. Yeah. Try to, uh, try to sy- sympathetically understand where that, why that culture has that food and that they had to eat that. They had to eat that to have food. Some, some of the things like whether mm. it be, it could have, I, I, I don't know. I'll just use say chicken feet. If chicken feet uh, yeah. w- was a delicacy because back then, if you didn't eat that, then you didn't have food. So that became a delicacy right, right, right. because yeah. they had to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Or I was, so I was telling my girlfriend, cause we were, I was driving, we, we had like a, a weird route to uh, my friend's house the other day. We're driving to the south side of Chicago, which you don't think of as a third world country. But I, I, I had a sales job where I was like, I had to go. And, and it was like, oh, yeah, like this. And I'm reminiscing as I'm driving. I'm like, yeah, that's where I first learned about like um, putting like the, the nacho cheese, like pouring it into the bag, whether these like, you know, like they just like, you know, or like a peppermint stick in the middle of uh, a pickle, like a, like a pickle that's in a jar, like, oh. you know, like a, a big jar like that. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, like, listen, like there's no like it's a food desert. Like yeah. this is the freshest thing there is mm. the hot nacho cheese pour it over the Doritos. And then like the, uh, the pickle from the jar with like a, a peppermint mm. stick in it. Weird. And it's like, this is a, this is like a, like, this is a, like a thing on this. I was like, I've never, I've been in Chicago for now yeah. 15, 16 years. And I've never seen it on the North side where I've always lived, but like oh. on the South side, it's like, and, yeah. and, and I was seeing it when I was explaining to her, I was like, listen, like this is the freshest thing at the store. Different culture, it's a yeah. Pickle from the jar and the and the hot nacho cheese, yeah. And that's 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 like the most desired thing, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's one of the other stories I thought about while we were talking. Um. My dad, when uh, I think nineteen, I forget the exact year. I think nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety something. Um. He put in. He got. He was able to save enough money to put in the um what's it called the visa paperwork for all his brothers and sisters to come to America, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um. I think back then it was like a 10, anywhere between an eight to 15 year processing. So he put in all the paperwork in 1990, somewhere around 1990. And then somewhere like early 2000s, I think um, 
the paperwork came through and said, um, you could continue the next piece, uh, next step of this uh, paperwork. So he told all his brothers and sisters, he had uh, aunt number two, uncle number six, uncle number seven, aunt number nine, aunt number, uh, uh, I don't know the stories of, uh, of the, I think uh, two or three brothers and sisters uh, died in that time. I don't know the stories, but so there was four, nope, nope, five. So five, five of them he notified and said, hey, the paperwork's through. Do you guys want to continue on? And surprisingly, only one um, in, in early 2000 said yes. Oh, I'm sorry, two, two, two of them. Two, uh, so there were six, sorry, six of them, and then two of them accepted the offer. The other four stayed. Hmm. Uh, one uncle, he's, he's doing pretty well. He, he opened up a fruit stand, and he just, he, I think he started from, uh, they, they had the taxis, which was a, a it's like a, cart thing that you carry with the two yeah yeah. Uh-huh. yeah yeah he did that saved up money opened up fruits a fruit stop that fruit shop did well and expanded what, in what city uh in saigon so okay he, he was doing so well he told my dad like well i'm doing good here you know my fruit stand my fruit company's doing well i got my wife my kids um he decided not and to the go. rest of the family he had stuff to yeah 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 and then um two two aunts that happened to have husbands that were more communists. So two, two brothers, two brothers and sisters accepted the other all had some, uh, or the two, uh, aunts had uncle or had the two aunts had husbands that were of, of communist, um, views. So they stayed, the mm-hmm. other uncle stayed. He said, um, he just forced, he just kind of thought that living, learning a new language coming to America would be difficult. And he knew, he said, if he went, he knew he'd be throw, kind of throw, not throwing away his life because it's his, for his kids, because his kids were at that time uh, probably uh, 16 years old or something. So he knew he'd have to be throwing away his life to, to, for his kids. Yeah, to give the kids yeah. the life, yeah. Um, I, so I thought it was really interesting when my dad said, yeah, uh, four out of six denied the the next the next phase of that paperwork i'm like wow that's really interesting just wow. because I, I, most vietnamese even till this day most vietnamese they think of america as a land of opportunity and i mean they're to, to some degree rightfully so uh in the, the conversion rate of one dollar to twenty three thousand right, right. dong mm-hmm. um that conversion i mean Fifty cents USD could buy, or I mean, almost twelve cents could buy you a coffee there. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they have this. It's amazing to me thinking those four chose to stay in Vietnam, even though that just the opportunities that you could have in America. But to to some of, uh, I kind of, uh, it's interesting to take it to the next generation. My cousin, Uncle Six, child, Uncle Six, he's the one with the fruit stand doing well. His mm-hmm. child, I feel like, I mean, he has, he lives a better life than me in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a software engineer, so I make decent money. But yet, mm-hmm. when I look at his life, I'm like, damn, you're living a good over there. Like you, you go on vacations all the time. Um, uh, like he goes out fine dining all the time. Like he, from my, th- there's a joke in the family that they say about him. They say um, that with that cousin, if he, if the f- uh, what is it? If it's not over a twenty dollar, I forget. If it's not over a twenty dollar meal, he won't eat it. Like it's, like, Ooh, yeah, a twenty dollar wow. meal over there is that's that's a lot of money. I mean, yeah, 
I mean, you can if get it's a, like 12 cents for a coffee. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so where does your dad fall in the order? Like what number is he? He's uh number four. So he's, uh, okay. yeah. Middle kind of yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. And it's interesting to see too, like how much is lost. Like, I feel mm. like, like in the United States, like it's, we're always so focused on not even on the future, but on the present. Mm-hmm. So focused on the present. We forget our past and we are not thinking about the future. Yeah. I mean, you know? uh, um, uh, I don't, this is not well, maybe not well connected. Me and Emmett spent like probably an hour the other day talking about what, if we have family in Vietnam, should we send money over there? And it depends. Mm. Like when I compare myself to that cousin in Vietnam, I'm like, no, I'm not going to send him money. He's living it up. But then there's even, even take it at a different level. Um, Mm. I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, Cousin number, cousin number or aunt number nine and his and her, her son. I think even though they don't have a whole lot, they have a house, they got food. That aunt loves him. Like she takes care of him so well. Um, I'm like, man, if you came to America, then you guys won't have them. You'd be starting over. Maybe maybe that love would change because it's a a tougher life in America. Um, And and all the friction of like, then the kid is going to like, yeah, yeah. Americanize yeah. and then Americanize exactly. Too? Yeah, yep. yeah. So me and yeah. Emmett spent like an hour trying to figure out what privilege or at what point is it right to send money and does it if they're okay. That's such an interesting that is so interesting. I've yeah. been thinking about this too because like um I mean, you know, my my grandfather uh, came to US like through um at the time so he was he was like, a, his family were, were dairy farmers, but he went and like was interested in medicine. He became a doctor. And then during World War II, they, they needed doctors, right? So they, the U.S. Navy was like providing a pathway to citizenship for, for doctors uh, uh, from abroad. And, and so that's, that's how my family got here. And, um, and I don't know if they sent money back. But listen, like uh, a, a lot of people that I work with now, like from Mexico, send money back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and knowing like how different wages are here versus there. And it's like, well, why would they ever come here if they can live like kings there? Yeah. yeah. And like, and like these, you know, like some people just like work like dogs, like they mm-hmm. sl- like they slave away mm-hmm. just and, and their families living like kings, you know? Um, it's a, it's an interesting question. Like what, at what point, like, like, yeah, that that whole yeah. Some of the uh, some of the part of the conversation that we had on that was um, I, I'll I won't say their names, but some family members, some people don't manage their money well. So certain family members that may ask for money, they probably didn't. They might have not um, managed money well their money well. So are are you enabling them if by giving them money? And then on top of that, to change uh, to take it even on the other polar side, um, because Vietnamese have this idea that america is a land of opportunity which it is it is but <laughs> it, is, it is it is but i think the, i think the golden age in america i feel like the golden uh, uh, the golden age for what's the word i want to say a car when it was back then when it was three thousand dollars for a car but yet the the minimum wage was seven dollars but nowadays minimum wage is eight dollars and a car is thirty thousand dollars so you went 10x one way but the the salaries haven't gone. 
And then now with all the politicians and corrupt insurance companies, medical bills, car insurance, all that stuff is so much more expensive. And and buying a house is so expensive. So I feel like things aren't exactly equal in Vietnam versus here. So all those Vietnamese, I try to tell them and they, they don't believe me. I try to tell them in Vietnamese and I try to explain them like, Things in America aren't the way that you think that they were back in the 1975. Mm-hmm. Things have changed mm-hmm. now. Um, so. Oh, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah. It, yeah it's, it's very like, and, 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 and like, it's so hard to explain, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to explain inflation. Uh, I, I, yeah. There's just so much to it that that's hard to explain. And, and the systems like, like insurance yeah. systems and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. What, um, so one thing that I, I also wanted to ask about, like, um, so I was talking to a friend of mine, a, a friend of mine from college who was, who was driving across the country and recently stopped here. She and I, so she's, um, uh, Puerto Rican, half Puerto Rican. I'm half Ecuadorian. And, you know, now there's this new term like Latinx. And I had referenced that earlier, like, um, and we were talking about that and like how the, I mean, the term Latino didn't even exist until recently. And in New York, it was like different. Like she always thought of herself as Puerto Rican. I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. You know, I thought of myself as Hispanic and then we had to change to Latino. And then there's like this Latinx thing, which isn't even like a word like that makes sense in like Spanish. Like it just like feels awkward. And, and it's really like, and, and so I'm interested to know, like, uh, like the blanket term Asian, right? Like, is it, because I see this happening with, um, with, with Latinos now or Latinx, now, right? Like it's where it's, you know, a, a, a foreign culture is trying to say, Hey, you are all this one thing. And, and, and then, Oh wait, five years later, okay, you're all this other thing. And this is your new term. This is what we're going to call you now. And it's like, well, well, well I'm completely like a Cuban is a hundred percent different from like a Mexican, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. like, especially like politically, right? Like, or, or, um, you know, and all those intricacies of like, especially, I mean like, Oh, Oh, great example was, uh, they were trying to do a, um, uh, like a get out the vote event and, and uh, in Miami. And they were like, where where most of the Latinos are um, are uh, Cuban and Venezuelan, like from from these communist socialist countries um, that they that they fled from there, right? And they're like, oh well, he's like a good like popular like Latinx person that we can bring out. And they're like, oh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, like who's Puerto Rican from New York, and like socialists see like because like they are not socialists, like people from these former okay like cubans and Venezuelans, like see her as like like the biggest threat like it's like oh she's pushing this agenda which is like the reason why we fled here like like she is like like no like why would we like they you know and 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 uh it's wild that like a lot of people just think okay it's like okay she's this powerful latina woman like we'll put we'll throw it down and it's like no this is not all the same is it is it mm. similar in the asian community where it's like there's like this blanket of like oh um i would say uh the i would i would think the a- asians typically don't care about the the blanket term of the the title asian um 
Um, I would say probably the more the more offensive one would to if they said that they're Vietnamese and then the next person's like, oh, that's so that's like Chinese. Like, no, there's quite a bit of difference. Um, so I guess Asian, the term Asian is pretty broad and they'll accept that. But then if if they say Chinese, but yet the other person said Vietnamese, that that that'd be more offensive. Does that answer your question? Well, I, I guess like I guess do you. Well, I mean, it, and it's easier if you just say Asian because it is actually like a continent, yeah, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. you know, whereas like, um, yeah, I, I guess, I guess the, the, the difficulty that, that I'm having and like, and is, you know, other people, you know, Latinos are having now is like, like, you don't see us like, you know, it's like, mm. it's like, um, like, like the you know, the, the Puerto Rican versus, versus Cuban example. So, you so know? not, so being labeled. Which is actually very similar. Uh, or, so, yeah. So like losing the, um, how would you say it? Like identity. The, yeah. Yeah. yeah like, the identity. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and it's, and it's like, you don't even get to choose your own identity because like, okay, here's, now you're called, now you're going to be Latinx. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, feels even more foreign. Like Latino was accepted because like, okay, like it mm-hmm. sounds like our language. It's like, oh yeah, it's our, okay, fine. It is our, like, you know? Yeah. Um, where it's like Latin, you know, and it's like, where, where it's like, okay, you know, get it, like, uh, you know, trying to be like, remove gender, but it's like the language itself is gendered. It, but it's, it's more offensive that it's like, you're telling us what to be, what we should mm-hmm. be called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you're putting That's us all understood. under this one thing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And, and- so, so and on some, some of those forms, I mean, I wonder if it even matters. I don't know what they're with their. Maybe they're doing consensus with those forms, but sometimes those forms. Uh, I want. I mean, I feel like I've seen it at uh, like job. Have I seen it at job interviews uh, on the on the final form that you? Oh out? yeah, where you put yeah yeah, yeah. You put ethnicity. So and, mm-hmm. that's a weird one where I feel like on a um yeah if you're on I think on Indeed dot uh, com searching for jobs often one of the screens it says what race are you? And I think it should, they shouldn't be asking that. Um, maybe if they're doing it for consensus only, but maybe, so I think what me and you are getting at it, ultimately racist racism shouldn't exist, but it does. It's unfortunately it does. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole equal opportunity employer. Mm-hmm. I, I, mean, I think more what I'm getting at though, is like Latinos don't or Latinx people, that's what they need to be called now, like don't, are, are definitely at odds with each other. They don't have the same culture, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And and it feels like um, in the United States, they try to put all Latinos into one box and think, okay, this is how they think, this is how they identify. Yeah, yeah. And is this is it the same thing for Asians where it's like they try to put all Asians, no, it's different? Uh, well, I mean, oh, as, as in culturally, I mean, Vietnam is so different from Thailand, Thailand from China. No, clearly, and, and, and I've got China and Japan, like, yeah, in yeah. Korea, like, yeah, yeah, totally yeah. different. But like, but do you feel like you're put into? Some I mean, type, okay. So, so with this, so some with type this of bucket blanket. that 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 are you asking if if it if I feel some type of uh, category that that uh, is not beneficial to me, is or not a, not even beneficial? I don't know. For me, it's like okay. Well, Latinos are like. Okay, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna generalize and be like we're very proud we're very proud. now I'm now I'm making this statement like but, but it's like like you why are you saying that that like these are our values mm. when like 
there's there's a country like a thousand miles away that speaks the same language and you're calling the same thing and they are completely op- polar opposite of, of, of my values, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, it, yeah, that's a huge thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. Um, I think, I mean, even to take it a, a step further with like Hollywood media, uh, oh, newspaper magazines, yeah. um, usually there's almost never a Asian guy as a lead, lead, uh, role. I, I think. Crazy ex-girlfriend. Oh, is that? Crazy ex-girlfriend. Uh, Crazy ex-girlfriend. The, um, is it crazy? 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 Uh, what's the movie? You think that that's oh. a title? The the movie? No, 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 no. I'm not thinking of Crazy Rich Asians. If that's oh, what okay, you're okay, okay. But no, this is a, a TV show. Um, crazy ex-girlfriend. Ah. Um, and and the the leading male like heartthrob is Josh Chan, and he's like a Filipino guy. Like, mm. yeah. So I mean, he's probably one of the few that 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 landed a, a leading role. So that's just something in in America. I think. Um, the, I guess I'm getting into stereotypes as in, uh, males, Asian males aren't viewed as a masculine person. That's just, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's somehow a, uh, in America, they have demasculine, de, demasculinized men, emasculated, emasculated men, Asian men, and then female has hypersexualized Asian females. It's a, it's a funky thing. Um, oh, oh my God, the, the recent events you know oh yeah yeah and and then yeah the recent events with are you talking about the asian hate thing after with covid and yeah yeah that um and that was unfortunate it was mostly uh asian females and older older men and older women being attacked that uh, it's just yeah it's messed up crazy yeah it's very strange and it's like it's like getting deep into psychology because that's mm -hmm. the other thing too it's like not something that's spoken about Mm -hmm. you know yeah, and even and even with the shootings, it was something that was not addressed, like by the media or the police, is saying like, uh, "I'm talking, you know, with with the thing that happened in Atlanta, right?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are you not, why are you not addressing this? And and they did, and they did start to to some extent, but um, there's there's like a weird blindness. There's like a weird a weird thing that like. Um, and, and I see, and maybe, maybe that's part of it too. Like as, as, as we become more Americanized, you know, through the generations, we start to lose our culture and we start to like become blind to it. But like, I feel like we have to, well, we have to your point, we have to empathize and understand like, Hey, like, how is this person feeling? Like, how is this? Oh my goodness. And what you were saying about, um, like there are very few leading Asian men, like, you know, you talk about like, uh, this is, this is one thing that I learned from sort of one of my mentors was like, um, we we're talking about diversity and, and like, and companies. Right. And she used the analogy of like, okay, you can have, cause I was like, Oh, there are a lot of women who work for this company and we feel great. And you know, um, uh, and, uh, and you know, as a black woman that I was talking to about this, she was like, okay, but like, look at it like a movie. Yeah, they can be, there can be a diverse cast, but who's in the leading roles? Mm-hmm. A- and that's key, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's, it's crazy that, that, or then to hear you and, uh, and Lindsay earlier talking about female in a male-dominant world. So uh, there's so many aspects from race to sex to uh, gender. So it's just, 
we now a, earlier when you said maybe the psycholo- uh, psycholo- I, f- I forget I think you said something like the psychological part part of humans I think I think humans we the majority is just so selfish so as long mm-hmm. as as long as they got food on the table they get their toys that they whether they want to buy a brand new car I think a lot of humans don't want to think outside of the box or think beyond what they know if they have what they need then even if it's at the backs of others they're okay with it mm-hmm. I think I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's a human. Humans, humans justify it for themselves all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But it's like you don't even realize it. You don't even realize that you are affected. You think I'm strong, like no sexism, whatever, isn't an issue, but you're affected without knowing it. Oh, yeah. It's like like a, like a, like a battered, like a, you know, an abusive relationship, you mm-hmm. know, like. Yeah. You know, where you think, no, I'm the strong person here. Like, and, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Tangent. No, Tangent. It's, it's America, the uh, the abusive relationship, America and its citizens. <laughs> I mean, and you, you, I mean, any, any colonialism, like it's like, uh, gosh, India and, and, and England is a great one, you know, where it's like Indians like love an English accent. It's like they fucking oppressed you, but they're mm. like, oh, it's the sexiest thing like ever. Mm. You know, it's like. Mm. You know, yeah. Um, and, and 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 like I mean, it's a again like not to to be put on because like listen, I'm 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 a very white Latina. Like I'm not a black person, but like um, a black engineer that that has has really mentored me. She, I mean, she compared it to like um, being black in America is is an abusive relationship, and mm. and and it gets put back on the abused person like okay it's your responsibility to get out of this and it's like well you can't get out of it yeah yeah like when you're you know born there you don't you don't get to choose where you're born or not not even being born somewhere but it's like okay like this is my my world like i i can't yeah yeah. uh uh, and i am oppressed and i'm limited by my abuser yeah i thought it was great i mean it really blew my mind like thinking about it that way because you know you think about uh, uh, black people in the U.S. and it's like, oh well, we're the land of opportunity. You can do whatever you want to, but it's like, okay, but you're gonna keep getting beaten down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, wow. Big said <laughs> again, like probably not the best to publish is like a white Latina, like an Asian American talking about like, oh, the black experience. We know about that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we we could try to sympathize, though. That's what we're trying to do, I think, with this, this conversation. Uh, so, so one of my mentors, I was talking with her about like, uh, um, uh, who's who's a black woman. It was like, I don't know what to do about this thing that happened in Atlanta. She's like, I can't relate. Like, you know, she was like, I, like, like, literally, like, at a loss for words. Where it's like, okay, this is this is racism and I see it, but like, like it's weird, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, uh, yeah, it's a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. It was a pleasure. Mercedes. This is delightful. Yeah. This is really, really great. Yeah. We'll plan a part two. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll reach out to you guys and see when you guys are free. That'd be great. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for your openness and, and for doing this in general.
Yeah. It's amazing. All right, Lindsay, Mercedes, it was a complete pleasure talking to you for the last three hours. Um, thank you. And hopefully we'll do a part two. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for being stunning and impressive women that I hope can be role models for a lot of our youth. It's fantastic. All right. And then let's you guys are cool too. We like you too. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't hate this. <laughs> All right. You weren't texting each other. <laughs> no, later. First, we were told not to. We were told not to. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is a portion of the full podcast. Be sure to check out the rest on Plastics. Plastics can be found on YouTube and on www.4spe.org forward slash podcasts.